What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Post Game Overreaction Show. There's not much to overreact about except for the dogs going back to back. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined by Trent Smallwood of UGASports.com. Uh, first off, congratulations, dog fans. You are the back to back national title championship team, 65 to 7 over TCU. I mean, this was. Uh, I don't even – I Stetson was so choked up for words, Trent, trying to explain this. I'm having trouble trying to explain this, and I do this for a living. Like it, It's just tough to talk about 65-7. to seven. Trent, I'm going to let you get the first thoughts in. I, I mean, it, the, Georgia came out focused, and, and, you know, I heard all day, and this is one of the things I heard all day, Georgia's the tight team. Georgia's the tight team. PCU's playing with nothing to lose. And I said, that's not the way it is. Georgia it's, it has a championship. Georgia is the team everybody in the country is chasing. So the, the team, uh, Georgia's not the tight team. Georgia, Georgia is playing with the national championship in their pocket. And they came out and looked like they did. They started the season and ended the season just with total domination uh, performances. Yeah, so uh, if you're new to the show, hey there. Uh, if you're new to the show, you know what to do. Go ahead and hit that uh, like button on the video and also call in. If there's a link in the description for you to join us. Uh, it's going to be a long night. Uh, Joe is right. It's going to be a long night. A lot of folks out there in L.A. celebrating. Heck, it's only 830 out there. They got time to go party, Trent. Uh, back home over here, it's 1130. So, you know. You know, what What a performance for Stetson to go out on. You know, after all the criticism he, he, he got. And I, and I know last year's championship was sweet, but he was surrounded by defense full first-rounders. This year, it was on Stetson to win the national championship. And I know he has a bunch of weapons with Brock and all this stuff, but Stetson won games this year, and Stetson capped it off with a sixth touchdown performance. I mean, what a what a career. Yeah, I mean, and there's been plenty of doubt. You can see it on our page. You go back and watch some of our older videos, Trent. Uh, you know, we, we – we hated on him, right? We did. And and I think everybody did. Kirby Smart did. Todd Munkin did. Uh, and he just proved everybody wrong. Uh, Kirk I mean, said, if, if we're overreacting, I mean, uh, a Pod was Miss's last damn extra point of the year. I mean, what yeah. what's happening? Yeah, well, they had a different holder in because uh, <laughs> they didn't put Stetson back in there. But um, we're going to get to that scratching dogs fan. He's talking about uh, go ahead and retire that number 13 jersey. We're going to get there 15 and 0. You didn't lose a game. You didn't lose a game. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. Guys, if you're watching us, let us know where you're watching from. We'll make sure to shout you out on the show. Put it in the comments. We'll put it up on the screen for you. Uh, we've got our first caller here. It's going to be a long night, Trent. We're going to have some folks calling in. Like I said, 65 to 7. I don't think anybody expected this, uh, but we've got our first caller, Andy. Andy, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I Could you all imagine, like, really – Five years ago, six years ago, that Georgia's been back-to-back national champions. And not only – like I thought – like uh, we were talking earlier, you know, I thought they would win easily. I thought 37-17. I, I, they killed this team. This was – I mean, you almost start feeling bad for TCU when it – when I mean, toward the middle of the game. It was – it's incredible. I don't know. That's – Yeah, you, know, you, you look at it, and Georgia is – is a second and 28 or whatever away from having three titles in five years. 
I mean, uh, it's it's it is remarkable what what Kirby's done to this program. It's wild, and you know, you see, it's just like it's not slowing down. You lose all those guys to the draft, and and then it's. I mean, like I said, I'm watching the post game of um, Herbie and and uh, Chris Fowler, and that's what they're like. It's not going to, it's not changing. Like they're doing it as good as anybody. It, it's, I don't know. Like I mean, you saw when when TCU scored that touchdown, and the Georgia came right back down and scored. It was over then. That game was. It was that like it was. You knew right then there was nothing they could do. So I, I said earlier tonight, and and you know I was talking uh, one of buddies. I said this is the least talented team Georgia will have uh, over the next three years. And yeah. And they went fifteen and zero. Yeah, you were mentioning that on the um, on the, the recruiting show a couple or last week or something. And like, like, I mean, I know you start like, oh God, can they go three in a row? But maybe they can. Like, it's it's going to be why not? Right now, yeah. you you look at the schedule next year. It doesn't look tough or right. daunting. You have to go to Tennessee late in the year, uh, but by that time, Tennessee will probably be faded out. Yeah, I mean. I think if if we're going to overreact to anything, right? I think last week was the national championship game. It was for all intents yeah. and purposes. Uh, the Ohio State probably should have been against Georgia tonight, and it would have been a hell of a matchup, a dogfight, because both teams only would have had a week to prepare for each other, as opposed to a whole month. Uh, I would have loved to have seen that. Instead, I think, we- uh, and, and what you're what you're talking about, this goes back to the. Uh, uh, the way the playoff was ranked, uh, if yes. TCU would have been the, if they were the logical four seed, Georgia would have taken care of them in the first round, and they had to get Michigan or Ohio State tonight. Probably Ohio State because I don't think Michigan could beat Ohio State twice, and you would have had your national championship. Well, you know, yeah. it's odd that they kept saying, "Oh, they don't want a repeat of um, of Ohio State and Michigan," and you know, but like my thing is like, why wouldn't you split it up so you most likely at least get one Big Ten team in the thing? Because I mean, they they want the Big Ten to be good. I mean, they don't care about TCU, but you yeah. know, like, that's what was odd to me why they didn't split it up that way. Because I mean, like I said, TCU they're good, but come on, this team, this team is. What are they fourth? Bet? I mean, they would lose to South Carolina probably. You know, I mean, so it's maybe I don't know. But when I was going through the when I was going through uh, all the stats in pregame, and I looked at Tom and Mitchell, and he couldn't get on the field at Georgia, and he's played three hundred snaps this year for TCU. I said TCU is going to be in for a long night, and yeah. and nothing against Tom and Mitchell. It's nothing against either, but they do not have the Jimmys and Joes that are that that Georgia has, and it showed. Okay, well, answer this. If Georgia played its number two offense and number two defense, did, did they win this game? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they put their they put their number twos in and uh, won 21 nothing. Dominator. If you put the number twos in, Branson Robinson is the best running back on the field. Branson <laughs> Robinson is going to be a problem. That guy, you saw how he was running. That He's going to be a problem next year. Hey, you, 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 this, is a, this is an offense that returns Ladd McConkey, returns uh, Brock Bowers. Returns Oscar Delp, returns uh, all the running backs, but Kenny McIntosh, AD uh, Mitchell. Re- Mitchell. Um, you, you, you return, Ryan. you return to Marius Mims on the offensive line. Uh, I mean, it's Darius just Smith. Yeah, uh, it, it's just endless. And then you get the two uh, wide receiver transfers in. Um, that offense is not going away. Uh, whatever quarterback is in, whether it be Beck or whether it be Mandegriff or whether it be Gunnar Stockton. You, you your pantry is full of weapons, and uh, uh, it, it th- this offense is going to be just as good next year. And I think the defense is going to take a step in the right direction because you got Michael and Bear Alexander and all those freshmen on the field that are going to be one year older. 
Right. Bear's going to be a problem. He's a big dude. And you could see he was he was causing some some havoc in the middle. I mean, you got you got Bear, who I think did they give him two sacks or did they give him a sack and a uh tackle for loss? Let's see here. Uh they gave him one, yeah, one sack and a tackle for loss. Probably should have been two sacks. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have Bear coming back. You've got Mike Williams, both going to be sophomores next year. Marvin Jones Jr. will be rushing from the other edge. Then you've got Jalon Walker. Yeah, you, Jalon. Oh, my God. Walker. Yeah. And, and then you have both of your inside backers back for another year. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to be absolutely dominant. Then you have Lasseter back at corner. You have Starks back at safety. You replace Ringo with Everett. You find another safety, which you've got. And you got Bullard. You got the MVP back in both yeah. playoff games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you'll probably have smoke one anywhere. No, it's it's gonna be, it's crazy. Like I said, I mean, I always knew Georgia could be elite, you know, just because of of all the resources. But what Kirby has done, it, it's wild. I mean, it's me and my friends were talking. We're like, look at Brock Bowers. Like, I obviously I want him here. But that dude, he should get a waiver to go to the NFL. He's, I mean, he's better than probably 90% of the tight ends in the NFL. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indy Clipway, uh, he watches all the stuff. He says, let's overreact to go for three and 23. I like that. Hey, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's overreacting. So. I don't think it is either. KD, DSGB, back-to-back, baby. Congrats on your team there. Uh, and then Thomas right here. Thomas Dew says, is this Georgia defense going to be better next season? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the weakest Georgia's defense has been since uh, early part of uh, Kirby's uh, career, and um, uh, you know we've been talking about that all year long. It's just the secondary was uh, an issue. Uh, having two new inside linebackers was the issue. We knew Jalen Carter was there, but he was hurt most of the year. Just the defensive line being new. Um, your I mean, your it, top it was, wide receiver, Ad Mitchell, was out for the whole year. I mean, what all you overcame to go 15-0? and 0? And I know everybody's like, well, they would beat Missouri by this much, but you were missing so many players throughout the year. And to overcome uh, all the NFL guys, all the injuries to the key guys uh, that you had returned, uh, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith. Uh, I mean, you you were basically down to, to me and you at outside linebacker, and, and, and you won you won the national championship 65-7. So, yeah. uh don't tell Ohio State and Alabama that you can still win without hurt players. That's against the rules. And, and See, I, I just – Andy, that's funny you bring that up. I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine, and I said, there is going to be a way that Quentin Johnston gets hurt in this game somehow. Yeah. Somehow it's going to happen. And, and TCU is going to lose by 10 points or something. They're going to say, oh, if Quentin Johnston didn't get hurt in the third quarter, that well, that didn't happen, okay? Yeah. They won 65-7. to seven. Nobody got hurt. Uh, if anything, Georgia lost their uh, – most yeah. valuable player on defense. Bullard was looking. I mean, he, he was out there. That that interception he made over his shoulder that was great. Like I mean, it didn't didn't Bullard also get the fumble recovery on that? Yeah, he he was three turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah just uh, unbelievable. It, that Joker got MVP and only played a half. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so Omar, is there Omar, a on the shoulder? Uh, Mark, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think there's going to be an update. They probably won't be. Um, until they get back to Athens, we might guess somebody will ask Kirby tonight, but he'll just say that he came out the game. Could have went back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could have went back in. Um, Omari Carmichael says Saban leaving to do broadcasting. That's funny, Omari. Uh, what is funny though is I know you guys caught it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you on in a second, Anthony, and uh, we'll get Andy about it here. But I know both of you guys saw it because you're on Twitter all the time. David Pollock right in front of Nick Saban oh, talking yeah. about how George is the next dynasty. 
Saban I, I, looked like someone took his heart and just threw it on the ground and stomped on it. Like that was like you could tell he was just about to cry. He just kind of did like the little, yeah. You're just like, oh, I don't know what to say. So. Walker Dog says Saban saw them dogs on the field and maybe rethinking his plans for next season. It's a tough. I mean, there Georgia's going to be a tough out from here on out, man, and it's only going to get stronger. Uh, the portal. For Georgia, they're going to lose some guys. So, you know, here's a fair warning to everybody watching. They're going to lose some guys. You didn't lose anybody. Well, you lost one guy, Bill Norton, uh, to Arizona early. But you're going to lose some guys to the portal. It's going to happen. But at the same time, Kirby and his staff have the pick of the litter when it comes to the portal uh, in terms of guys that are in there. So, you know, it's it's going to be one of those things where you're going to see some names that enter into the, into the portal. You're like, man, I'm going to miss those guys. Don't worry. Kirby's going to reload there. So, Andy, I got to get Anthony in here. He's, he's already smoked six cigarettes. I've watched him do it in our in our waiting room. Uh, I need to save him. So, all right. Well, I'll say one thing: go dogs, yeah, and make sure everyone, if you haven't, subscribe to UGA Sports. You get the most news you can in there. Like, I mean, it's you get it all. So, subscribe. Amen. Oh, there you Andy, go. Take it easy, man. See y'all. Appreciate y'all you. Go dogs. Yeah, man. Uh, Ant. Oh boy, you ready? For, have Have you experienced Anthony Trump? Oh. Dude, I've been on here for two years. So come on, though. Oh boy, here he is. Wow. <laughs> How you feeling, bud? I'm feeling great, but look, I've been sick, and uh, I stayed up late because I wanted to come on. I'm not going to take up a whole lot of time, but I just want to let Nick Saban know because he was in the booth and he got to watch it firsthand. That's what a rebuilding team looks like. Tell him. 15 NFL draft picks, a walk-on quarterback. And we don't have to suck hind tit in the college football playoff rankings while you sit there and you watch the best team go back to back in the national championship. Why? <laughs> so you're stuck on that. And I'm not going to swear one time tonight, Paul. I'm going to start the season off right. I'm going to start the off season off right. Not swearing tonight. Thank you. But I'll tell you what, those boys kicked some hind tail where they needed to. <laughs> 65 to 7 could we could have scored a trillion if we wanted to can you, can you this is the great college football and i'm not a crap talker and man i'm really trying really hard not to <laughs> bad word i don't i don't talk a lot of junk if somebody wants to start it i can state facts i can i can dig i can do all that stuff but Georgia is the new dynasty, and you can count, you can mark my words. Nick Saban watched from the top as his protege rose above him, and there's not a dang thing he can do about it. I'm going to leave on that. Everybody, have a great night. And like the gentleman said before, subscribe, uh, join the event. UGA Sports is the greatest. Paul, I love you guys, and I'll see you guys uh, in during the offseason, man. Hey, Anthony, I hope you feel better, man. This one was for you tonight. Thank you, brother. Love you guys. All right, man. See ya. We got a, a donation here from Matthew Cotton. He donates in pounds, Trent, because he's over uh, across the pond. He says, how about them? We can't, and we're not going to cuss tonight. How about them F dogs? Was worth staying up late as hell. Yeah, Matt. Uh, congrats to you, man. Uh, man. Would you, Paul, would you say, you know, looking back at the, the 18, uh, you know, the Rose Bowl team, um, and with Sony and Nick and, and, and looking at this team and looking at last year's team, this is the best coaching job Kirby Smart has done in his his career at Georgia. Yeah, I mean, because you look at this defense at the start of the year, I didn't think they had it. 
that defensive line looked rough to me, man, outside of Jalen Carter. And he made Warren Brinson and Tramiel Walther and Nazir Stackhouse work. Zion Logue. Yeah, I mean, he made all those guys work. And I remember being on here. It's been 15 weeks. They're 15 and 0. They had an off week. So, I don't know, probably about five months ago, talking in the preseason, saying, look, guys, I don't know about this defensive line. You got Jalen Carter outside of him. I don't know if, what, what can stick. And those guys rotated. They did a great job of that. Uh, it's pretty second- obvious because you, you got the freshman. I mean, you got Michael Williams that started every game that's played the most snaps out of any defensive lineman uh, this season for Georgia. He's a true freshman because and it's not because he ain't good. It's because Georgia had nobody to play the position besides Tremel Walthor. And, yeah. uh, it, it, I mean, the way they've pieced it together on the defensive line and the way Trey Scott has developed uh, Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson and Zion Logue, it's just remarkable. Yeah, those guys. And then also uh, I, I knew the offense was going to be good uh, because the offensive line was a trend so much. Uh we had some questions at running back. Kenny Mack answered those full throttle this whole year. Uh, Kendall down the stretch. Kendall down the stretch late. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a guy that if you can convince him to come back and not transfer, not go to the NFL, because I think he would put up stupid numbers if he went to the combine. Uh, if yeah, you can and I think he already said he was coming back, but, you know, they could still make up and still change right. their minds. But I, I would expect him and, and Dejon Edwards to come back right now. Yeah, I mean, and if you get those guys to come back, I think Kendall can really have a special year next year. Amari gave us a dollar ninety nine. He said Anthony's in the Hall of Fame in the POS. He absolutely is. Anthony's one of my favorites, man. We'll hear from the Godfather shortly. Eddie from Ackworth. If he didn't fall asleep, he is an old fella. Uh, he should be calling in soon, though. Let's see here. I want to try to get some of these comments, guys. Travis Vaught says Stetson Bennett is the goat. Is okay. We talked about this last yes, week. Yes, he is. Is he is he is he above Herschel now? <laughs> See, you said yes before I asked the question. He has two national titles. He don't have the he don't have the Heisman. Uh, he doesn't right. have the Heisman. But if you went back and re ranked those Heismans right now, what would it be like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Duggan wouldn't be number two. Right, Stetson oh, yeah, might Stetson. not win it, but he's going to be top two. Yeah, he's going to be top two. So, so I guess that begs the question. You know, I, I think. Two national titles, four technically four MVPs, right? Because he he's got the two. Uh, what do you call those games? Playoff games? Just playoff games? Two playoff game MVPs and then two national title MVPs. So he's got four MVPs under his belt. His numbers in all these games are ridiculous. I think he's. I think. I think he's Wait, the best. Just, he's the best. Just tell me ever. what his stats are in the playoffs. That's all I want to know because he had six uh, touchdowns today, no interceptions. He had one interception in Ohio State. That's the only interception he throw. He's thrown in the playoffs in two years. Uh, I think it was something like nineteen touchdown total touchdowns and one interception. Um, yeah. It's just insane. I mean, apparently Scott Van Pelt from uh, Zachary Tinkler says uh, he's talking about Stetson as one of the best college QBs of all time. He, I think he is, man. I think he is, and this is a guy that. At the beginning of last season, Trent, he didn't start. No. The coaches didn't believe in him. Did, did he throw for 300 against Michigan last year? I think he did. So he, he, threw did. For three, he threw for 300 plus in all four games. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think he's uh, – whoa. Amari Carmichael says Stetson better than Tebow. I could see it. I'm, I'm not arguing. I mean – Yeah, I'm not arguing it either. Uh, man. 
let's see, the greatest team ever. They would destroy 95 Nebraska by 50-plus. I don't know about that. In the explode. I don't know about that, man. That, that's a little overreaction. But... A little crazy there, a little crazy there. They probably have more team uh, speed than that, that, that team. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. A lot of people calling for uh, retiring number 13, man. Uh, so let's get Roddy Nabolsi in here. Roddy, Roddy, you're down in the pits there in the uh, in the dungeon of SoFi. How is that stadium, by the way? Uh, it's uh, a very weird stadium because it's got a, a roof on it. But, but what? Rain can get in. Yeah. It's pouring rain. So I went and got a bunch of confetti. It's sodden, man. The rain's coming in sideways, wow. so I don't know how this stuff's going to work out. But Let's get the hairdryer back I'll, at the hotel and just put it in there. I'll, I'll carve people off a piece, you know, that want it. So it's, um, uh, yeah, a lot of people are getting wet. And even the people underneath the, um, the roof, that roof leaks. And they don't get rain here in Southern California. That's just basically a uh, roof to keep the sun off people. So, uh, but yeah. That's uh, it's, it's a very interesting stadium. A uh, lot more TCU fans were here than I expected. Uh, I would say it was 60, 40, maybe 55, 45. I heard kept hearing they did, did buy, their, buy out there a lot of tickets. Well, they were here and they were loud for at least one play. <laughs> That's about it. Damn. Yeah. I'm still stunned. Uh, absolutely how, stunned at what I saw there. How quiet did it get? I mean, when did it? When did TCU's fans just check out? Like, at what point? Thirty-one-seven. Uh, 30, they were just gone. They were. They were done. That, that, and then they were in it because they'd been in a hole before. They'd seen this guy come back. You know, they'd seen them, you know, fight and claw their way. They just believed that magic was still there. Remember, they had to run on the field the last second and kick a field goal, and they did it in like what eleven seconds. Uh, yeah. They got down a couple times. You know. Uh, I mean, they just had utmost belief that, okay, we can grind our way back into it. But after that second turnover, you know, right before the half, and that just it, – you know, when, when, it when it was 31-7 to 7 and you thought, hey, if TCU goes and gets points before the half, make it 31-14, this is going to be a game in the second half, and then the heat board intercepts his second pass, and then the win was just totally sucked out. Yeah, they were, they were done. I mean, I, and I, I wouldn't say I was – gloating at that point because I, we remember that you know Georgia went in against LSU what 35 to 7 something like that I mean they, they put up a bunch of points on them and then LSU had what 17 points in the second half or something the third quarter but no you can just see it and here's the thing guys you know that I'm going to be Munson-esque I'm going to worry about every possible thing and worry about Georgia coming out flat stuff like that when I knew Georgia had won this game was at the media day uh, on Saturday. I walked in at the tail end of the uh, TCU uh, media day. Their defensive linemen were sitting around the table, you know, because that's how they set them up. And I looked at them, and I'm like, those, those kids are midgets. They're, they're small. This is, these guys would, would not make a roster in the SEC. Mm. Their biggest player was Tymon Mitchell. You know, not a monster at Georgia. And then I wish I wish I could show it. Maybe I have it in maybe I can bring it on the screen here. But at one point I saw uh, Marius Mims, Xavier Truss, Warren Erickson, and Warren McClendon kind of standing talking together. And I felt like I was in the Redwood Forest. I've been to California before. I've been to the Redwoods, standing next to those four guys. I mean, I'm five ten and a half, five eleven. Those guys just 
you crane your neck looking up at them. And I'm like, those guys are going to fold that uh, TCU defensive line. I don't care if you go three, three, five, or three, five, seven, or seven hundred fifty and a thousand. It's just it's physics. And what did we see right off the bat? They just blew right past them. And then the saw the uh, guards for uh, TCU. Did you see how round those kids were? Oh yeah, they're busting out can of biscuit. They're, they're 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 as wide as they are tall, and yeah, they take a while to get around. But I mean, when you watch Georgia's defensive lineman, you see Warren Brinson, Bear Alexander, Jalen Carter. I mean, those look like thoroughbreds. These guys look like uh, trail ponies, you know, just big guts. And I'm thinking the the athleticism, it's night and day. Now, I thought maybe Quentin Johnson could do some stuff. Max Dugan could rally him, but no, it's just when it came to the trenches, Georgia owned the trenches. Thoroughly, I've never seen a butt kicking like that. I mean, th- this is a legendary game. This will go down in history as the biggest blowout in uh, a championship football game. And Georgia's going to be defending national champions for two years. We're going to be sitting, seeing pokes. It's been 500 days since Georgia was not a national champion. It's been 600 yeah. days since Georgia was not a national champion. I'll probably be the one tweeting that stuff. Speaking of your uh, confetti, uh, Nicole Valerie says, Stet, make some wet. Talking about your confetti there. So uh, maybe put that on a T-shirt. Well, actually, let's not put anything on T-shirts. Um, let's not put anything on T-shirts. Six uh, touchdowns, man. Well, George on tap says, Roddy, we made it, man. We Marlon did, man. said, uh, three Pete. I will tell you all a story off the uh, – that we didn't, we didn't get a – it wasn't on air, if you will. It was a – conversation I have with Carson Beck. I went up to Carson and asked him something about a game in his high school football career that I was trying to remember when on his championship run when he was in playing football in Jacksonville. And I um, said, look, you know, in 24 hours, or it's going to be 48 hours, you are the number one story. George is going to win his second national title, and then everyone's going to say, can they three-piece? Who's the guy? There's going to be a magnifying glass on you like you've never seen. He goes, I can't wait. And they says, I've been waiting for this so bleeping long. <laughs> so Carson Beck is chomping in the bed. Glad to see him get in the game today. Glad to see a lot of the uh, uh, younger guys get in. You know, actually say that they've played in the championship game. They've won a, you know, they contributed. And then when they get their rings, it'll mean more for them. And now, of course, they will want to do that again next year. And you got to think George is going to be ranked number one next year. Um, God, you would think losing some they weren't ranked number big one. Talents, but they weren't coming number one last no, year, right? Yeah, they were ranked, I think, fifth, third, or something. Fifth. Yeah, I think it was third because yeah, Ohio third. State was ahead of them. Um, Alabama, yeah, yeah Ohio State is Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and you know, Georgia kind of zipped up there. I remember them jumping Ohio State, and then Alabama had some close calls, and Georgia moved number one, but they're going to be number one going forward. Uh, when you go 15 and 0 and you know 13 and 1 prior to that 14 and 1 you they they have to respect you and you saw Michael Williams just tear it up Bear Alexander making plays I mean we can point to all the guys that they're going to lose Darnell Washington but you got an Oscar Delp over there that's going to step in uh, that offensive line it's going to be very very interesting what goes on there and I think just because it's such an easy schedule you have to just put Georgia at number 1 you're the new Alabama. Congratulations. Really gave us a uh, dollar ninety nine dono. He says uh, twenty twenty three Pete. 
I like that. I like, <laughs> I like that. it. You need, hey, Remy, you might want to go ahead and trademark that because that uh, that's pretty good. Yes. 2023, Pete. I like that. I yeah. like that. Uh, we got some people commenting in the uh, comments talking about Corso. Corso put on the TCU uh, hat. And Somebody told me that, and I didn't believe it. Yeah, he did. He, he did. did he really? Yeah, yeah. He put he, he had the he had the Uga, you know, big hat, and then he just put on a TCU like golf hat. And everybody's like, "Where's the horn frog?" And he's like, and he wasn't doing it; he was just doing like this. And I don't know. And he picked Ohio State last week too. So there you go. He picked Ohio State, and he also picked Michigan last week as well. So he went zero for three in his college football pick. Corso did. Hey, shout out to Georgia representing the SEC. Yeah. Tearing through it again. You know, congratulations on Big Ten on getting your butts kicked in the two games you played. Uh, saw the, the Big Ten's two and six in college football playoff games. Mm. He's now, what, 10 and one? Yeah, I think they're 14 and three total uh, against non SEC teams. Uh, so Michigan gave up, Michigan gave up 51 to PCU. <laughs> oh my god you're right yeah hey i felt like there was a time where i felt bad for max duggan there really was because his his offensive line gave up on him probably early in like the third quarter maybe before halftime and he just had to stand in there and take hit after hit and he was he bleeding on the second drop yeah i mean you felt bad for the kid because he's got a heck of a story, right? Duggan does. It's it's kind of similar to Stetson, but not. Uh, they they both have very you know heroic stories to get back on the playing field for a Power Five team, and God, you had to feel for that kid. Like his offensive line gave up. His right tackle just went to the locker room in like the second quarter. He was like, "Yeah, I'm done with this. I'm tired. I'm winded. I'm I'm out." Like he, he just kind of ran <laughs> off. Like on the whole team, there was a play where they were waiting on him to like come back around to his spot, and he was just taking a sweet ass time, just jogging from one side of the field. Like they're in the middle of a a drive, if you want to call it that, from TCU. It was a it was a TCU drive. And the kid just runs back and just was like stand there. And Herbshire was like, that's the right tackle. And he's just walking across the line. And it's like, that just went to the, he went into the locker room quick. Just think about a, a national championship game when, when you can call timeouts with 10 minutes left and, and have, uh, you know, a Stetson walk off and uh, uh, the, the defensive guys walk off, uh, just, just sending them off. I mean, and there's 10 minutes to go in the game. I mean, yeah. Kirby, Kirby, well, did that. That. You, you beat Mark Madness worse than you beat any other team, didn't you? And I said, I said, Vandy, that uh, Georgia, uh, the, the first game of the year and the last game of the year were the most dominant performances Georgia had all year. And it was That's crazy. You it's, go ahead, go right? Ahead. Go ahead. I'm saying it's crazy you say that because I was thinking back to last year, you had the kind of remember the bookend pick sixes. That's what yeah. won you the Clemson game, and then when you you know put the Alabama game out of reach, and then you have uh, what forty nine to what, what three. Was the score that forty nine to three, and <laughs> this thing, good God! And it was so, the two games uh, that they had to get up, like they had the most hype about them. Yeah, Ohio State did, but the you know national championship, and then the opening game against Oregon, they, uh, 100, 114, 114 to ten against Oregon and TCU. Yeah, to the bookends of your season. Just go yeah, to show they you. were ranked three, yeah. and and Oregon was ranked one thing in like five or they, eight. Or yeah, eight they were top ten. They were top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's embarrassing. I'm going back looking at the scores. I couldn't remember what the Vanderbilt one is. Fifty-five to nothing. This is sixty-five to seven. So 
You won by 58 points. I think they covered. So of in your biggest game of the year, you had the largest uh, margin of victory. And it could have been worse. Oh, it Here's could have been. Uh, George on Pat makes a good, good point. Uh, he says, I love we didn't take the foot off the gas like we've done in the past. When Kirby <clears throat> called that timeout right there before halftime, I was like, oh, this is a different Kirby. He's, no, he no, wants he, the ball back. And he got the he ball did. back. And he scored a touchdown. Normal, he, normal Kirby would, would not call that timeout and would let the clock run out and go to halftime. But he right. said at the beginning of the game, he was like, a, Holly Rowe asked him, you didn't get to see this, Roddy, because you were at the game. But Hyro asked him, like, you know, they do the pregame right before the kick. They, they talk to the Kirby. And they're like, what are your thoughts, Kirby? He just said, aggression. We are the hunt. We are the hunters, not the hunted. And from then, it was – I mean, you, you knew what was going on. Is there, is there a better big game offensive coordinator than Todd Munkin in the whole college football? Not right now, I don't think. And here's the thing. There are times during his play calling in the big game, I'm like, what, what are you doing? And then uh, there are times where it's flawless. I mean, it's beyond compare. He had them uh, spun around, guessing, not knowing what's coming across. Uh, three runs in a row, you know. And at one point I looked up, it was like uh, you know, 200 or 195 passing yards, 178 rushing yards. I'm like, man, they, they, they just don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know which back's coming in. They don't know which wide receiver's going through, which tight end. Uh, Stetson runs in for a touchdown, practically untouched. And then his second touchdown, not only did he run in untouched around the left edge, but his two lead blockers didn't have to touch anybody. He'd, I mean, he has six guys in front of him, and there was nobody over there. Yeah, Munkin's like, they're going to give us the entire boundary with nobody over there. Okay, we're going left. And they just ran right through it. It was embarrassing. Hey, there's Jed, too. Oh, my God. Hey. This is Jed, yes. Uh, Jed probably <laughs> hasn't done anything all night, so he's finally showing up. Say hello, Jed. Take him, hello, taking everybody. my spot, Jed? Oh, he can't, he can't hear. He's got headphones in. No, he, he can't. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring Eddie in. I, I haven't seen him. No, this is me. Eddie, what's up, Eddie? Yeah. Hey, did they finally did they get yeah. score points? Can you see the tears? I mean, I've been crying all night. This is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Is it, are you crying because of the beeping noise behind Roddy that they're moving 50,000 well, soda trucks? That's not the because... fun. I mean, Roddy needs to mute that. That's not fun. <laughs> no, but how, how do you feel? How do you feel, Eddie? The godfather of the POS, if you will. That's what you've been called. Well, um, uh, I appreciate that. So, right, here it is, right here. Blind score. I didn't even say it. The Godfather said it. All right. I appreciate that. So, I think this is the greatest two-year college football run in history. Okay. Ooh. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. With what Kirby's had to deal with, with the NIL transfer portal, uh, guys leaving after three years, uh, nobody had to deal with that. Good this point. is the greatest two-year run in college football history. Period. It's ridiculous, and I and I have literally been crying since I don't know ten o'clock. I don't know. You know, what you get into literally. the fiddler or something? Literally. What tequila? What? Did, did the fiddler do it? Did the tequila no, do no, it? What, no, what got no. you? Just watching this team. I mean, this is 
this is this is a wet dream. Forgive my friend. <laughs> this, this, this is ridiculous. This is what we've been waiting for, boys. And then we watched it happen. And 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 I was texting people during the game after the halftime. What was it? What was the score at halftime? 35-7. I don't even remember. What was the score at halftime? It was 38-7. Yeah. Okay, 38-7. I texted people. I said, I don't know how to act. What am I supposed to do right now? Do y'all know how to act like this after it's 38 to 7? Third, I mean, no, I don't I don't know what you do. Uh I don't Trent, know what have you ever dealt I, with this? I mean, <laughs> what do we do? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I told I told my kids they could stay up for the game and then send them to bed at halftime. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. What do you do, Roddy? Like it's 38 to 7. Because I was texting some buddies and I, I was like, I was drinking bourbon. I don't know about the rest of you. What do you do if you're sunny? What do you do if you're sunny dykes? What, I mean, what sunny dykes? You realize you're toast because yeah. it's not like you're gonna go out and all of a sudden stop Georgia. You you've right. not been able to stop them all day. Um the one thing I wanted to put in my three two one column that I, I was worried about the most, and I took it straight from Coach Donnan. Because and he mentioned it on our uh, Wednesday podcast, you know, and or Tuesday podcast. And then I went and looked it up. Is Darius uh, Davis, the punt returner. Georgia's kicking to him. I'm like, stop kicking to that guy, you know. But whatever you do, don't punt towards him. Georgia punted once. And I was, I was tracking the uh, uh, drives, and I'm like, Georgia's had the ball five times. Five times it scored five times. You know, they just – after – so at some point you're like, well, they're not going to all of a sudden develop a defense. This is not what they can do. And again, I told you those defensive linemen were tiny compared to Georgia's offensive line. So you're not going to be able, and you're already down four, five, six scores. You can't go toe to toe with them. You're not going to outscore them against stops. So at this point, you just got to come out and just try to salvage something. I mean, you don't, you never want to say throw in the towel, but you threw in the towel midway through the second quarter. So. Just go try to salvage something, build for next year. Try not to be humiliated. This was a humiliating loss. But what did what did Georgia? Uh, they scored on the first six or seven possessions this game, and they scored on the first seven of eight against Oregon or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was ten out of one three and out. Yeah, ten out of eleven for Georgia. Twelve total drives if you count that last one where they did the kneel down to finish the game, so they didn't score there. If you count every drive that they had a scoring opportunity on, 10 out of 11. The only drive they didn't score on was right there out of the uh, half where they went three and out. That's I'm the awesome. only drive that they did anything besides. And every so here's a crazy stat for you. So 10 out of 11, I'm not counting that last drive. 10 out of 11, nine of those were touchdowns. Jeez. All right, here's my question. Where – does the Stetson Bennett statue go in Athens? Because I'm sorry. All love it's not going to happen. What, what do you mean? No. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Herschel Walker was great. Stetson Bennett is the GOAT. Period. He's the GOAT. I asked Trent about this earlier, Roddy. He's the greatest Georgia Bulldog ever, Roddy. Ever. Doesn't matter. He's not getting a statue. Why? Why not? Because nobody else has got a statue but uh, Coach Dooley. I hope they give him the Stequavius. Yeah, where's, where's, I hope they give him the Stequavius haircut if they if they yeah. do it. 
Yeah. It's coming, Where's Frank Sequich, where, where's it's, that Frank Sequich uh, statue? Like, nobody was Frank alive, Ronnie. Nobody, <laughs> nobody was alive. I'm just saying, Georgia has this thing against damn statues. It drives me crazy. It's you know, coming. We should have that one. This is somebody said replace the arch, Eddie. Just replace the arch. Dog 85 says replace the arch, put it right there. The the graduates can walk under his arm where he's yeah. where the ball is. No. And if you're not a graduate, it's, you have to go it's around. Walk under that. Yeah, you can walk under the mic drop uh yeah. when you graduate. If you can't, it, you have to walk around them. You're sterilized uh, if you're a freshman if you walk under with this thought. Is Stetson uh, required to graduate before he does it? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the people who were still bitching about Stetson, even this season, you know, this is a complete vindication, not only of Stetson, but remember Kirby and Todd Munkin sticking with him when everybody was screaming for them to pull him. He won you a title last year, and everyone said it was because of the defense. The defense won it for you. And if, he, if they ever need uh, – if they ever needed uh, the Georgia offense to outscore somebody, it couldn't be done. Stetson can't win a big game. He won the big game last year. Then he outscored Ohio State when it was needed. And he showed and scored six TDs today. The guy, there was, and I was one of them saying, Kirby, I mean, uh, Stetson right off into the sunset. You've got the greatest story of all time. I said Take it last year. You'd be, be a moron to come back. And, yeah. he come, and he comes back and wins two. And he, it's what he said when he we asked him, why is he coming back? He goes, we can do it again. Like, okay. So we need to stop down the kid, but. Remember, this is he and Robert Beal, Kirby Smart and his guys, some of the uh, – Trey Scott and the guys that have been here since 2017 have played for three titles in six years, and they've won two of them. Robert Beal, congrats to him. A lot of people didn't give him a lot of – you know, thought he had been recruited over, but he was here for you. He could have transferred many times. Stetson could have left. Stetson could have gone early. Um that's just – I'm really happy for those guys. Of two out of three. I don't know who else can say that in their career, but that's phenomenal. I know you got a bunch of other guys on there. i got to get back to work. Uh, bring on Rimmer and Brent and Dane, and I'll talk to you all later. All right, Roddy. Be safe. Safe travels home. Yeah. They said the uh, they said the statue can go in front of the 40-watt, Eddie. I like that. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That's a good place for it. Uh, let's get uh, – Trent, do you want to stick around, or are you, you – what do you want to do? I don't matter. All right, stay around. Let's let's bring in Rimmer. Rimmer, what's up, man? Yeah, I want to hear Rimmer. That's good. Rimmer, you there? Rimmer. He looks like Jalen Carter pregame. All right, Rimmer, you have to you got we'll get Rimmer to call back. We'll get Rimmer to call back. Let's see. Uh, let's see Brent Rollins, PhD. Oh, I see you, Dave. Give me a second. Let me let me bring the doctor in. The doctor, Dr. Rollins. Let's see if he unmutes his mic. Oh, he does. How's the voice? Is the voice okay? It's better. It's better. Good. Having three hours of class today did not help. <laughs> oh, goodness. Some of us work for a living, Brent. Yeah, I had to give a test and had three hours of class today. So at least the oh, day yeah, went by have, fast. You at have some the... followers here, too. Walker Dog says Brent with the hey. exclamation point. Nobody did Paul exclamation point or Trent exclamation point. The Godfather and Brent get it all. Okay. No worries. Can I ask Brent a question before we get started? Absolutely. Absolutely. Brent, when you were watching this film, I I know you got to be partial and you got to, you got to kind of say, okay, you know, we look okay here. That TCU looks good here. Did you really watch this film and the film don't lie and say, Georgia's Georgia's going to dominate this team. Did you feel that all along? 
For the most part, yes. Yes. Like I, the my, the only thing I thought about was Stetson getting over aggressive early and throwing, you know, into a coverage that he maybe wasn't used to seeing. But they did such right. a good job with formations and some of the different. They did a lot of different things tonight that they didn't do all year, from a scheme blocking play action type standpoint. George on tap, give me some love, Paul. Uh, but I think that was the thing that like they prepared for this defense and you could tell they've been preparing probably for this defense since the playoff was announced because of the wrinkles that they had and just little wrinkles, like who's pulling versus not where they lining up certain people using overloads with Bowers where it looks like he's a receiver, but he's actually, you know, and it becomes an unbalanced line, just little details like that. And once that happened and then once two other things happened, once TCU threw a screen, I'm like, yeah. okay, you idiots, you think you're going to go sideline to sideline on this defense? Sorry. Ohio State just showed you that the only way to beat them is to go vertical. And yep. then when he didn't go for it in Georgia's territory, when it was 17 to 7, like you have to understand what game you're in and understand that this offense is absolutely just steamrolling people right now. Like the instant he kicked, punted that ball, I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. game over. Absolutely. Brent, did you, did you did you watch tape though? And and I know coaches coaches can't say this. Kirby can't say this. You can't say this. Did you watch this tape and say Georgia's going to dominate this game? Yes. Did you think that from the beginning? Yeah. You did. I mean, I, my, I was I, the only thing I thought they might get one, you know, one or two Yolo balls where it's you know just a. Which they got jump. one. They got one. Yeah, they did. Well, yeah. but that was a that was more of a bust versus yeah, it was, like, a, it was a bust. Yeah, really, but, versus the other guy being really good. But that's how they got their touchdown. Was without right. that. Yeah. Without and that, then ooh. I, I rewatched the, the Michigan TCU game. I'm trying to figure out how the hell TC won because I mean they were not the better team. They they Jim Harbaugh uh, killed them, and uh, the two pick sixes killed them. But uh, they were not better than Michigan. And I know Michigan Georgia would have probably they wouldn't beat Michigan as bad, but I think Georgia would have beat. Uh, beat Michigan as well, but I think Michigan should win. Yep. I think Ohio State and Alabama are the only two teams that, that can compete with Georgia right now just for, just because of a talent standpoint. So if Brent wasn't on here, I'll ask Brent right now. Is this the greatest two-year run in college football history? Uh, yeah, and then I also I was in the background, and I heard you say that Stetson's the GOAT That's and build the statue. That's literally the first piece thing that I wrote in my post-game column. Was one build the statue to make it with a fade, put the fade in the statue. Got yeah. to, you got to, you got to. Indy clip, Indy clip watches the show a lot. He said Kirby just credited the scout team and how they played better than TCU. Wow, damn, damn. wow, damn. I mean, I think from a recruiting uh, perspective, they are better. I mean, you, look at that, look at that scout team. I mean. Uh, not only do you have, I mean, you had some uh, of the five stars or whatever coming in this in this class uh, practicing a little bit, but you got Gunner Stockton running the scout team quarterback. I mean, you, you're you're loaded. corner, like yeah. yeah. I mean, you had Raylan Wilson running steel chambers again, like he was Ohio State. I mean, uh, I mean, you probably have just because the outside linebacker depth. You probably got Marvin uh, Jones Jr. playing uh, on the outside outside linebacker. I mean, look at your inside linebackers. Uh, you probably got Jalon uh, Joe Walker Walker playing over there. I mean, you're you're loaded. 
That's probably oh, yeah. got some of those early enrollees playing too, doesn't That's it? That's right. Yeah, yeah Randy Wilson was yeah. he was still yeah. Chambers, uh, yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, this this team isn't going anywhere anytime soon, guys. Total yards five hundred and eighty nine for Georgia, one hundred and eighty eight for TCU, and could have been Georgia could have had seven hundred if they wanted to. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they they stopped they playing. Really right? yeah. They had they, they had three hundred and eighty or something at halftime. So they could have yeah. had something. They stopped playing with what, like 10 minutes left in the fourth, Brent? They, that's when they Sounds took the Carson right. out, right? 12, yeah. 12 minutes, something like that? 10 minutes. I mean, yeah. Carson What's a couple of like, but... I will say that's – I think that was very telling, that they were still letting him throw it around. Uh, but, two, Paul, you mentioned the yards. The last three games, 8.1 yards per play. Unbelievable. In the last three games. Against three, four, and whatever LSU was, 15, 16, something like that. We were deep in the second quarter, and Georgia was averaging 9.8 or 9.9 yeah. yards per play. And it, yeah. it's just remarkable. We were one busted coverage away from being a shutout, too. I think that's a shutout if we don't let that big play happen. I think so, too. I think so, too. But I don't know if – does Kirby still put up 65 if TCU has zero? Yes. Tonight, that, yes. Was, that, was a, that was the easiest 65 Georgia – could possibly ever put up. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just wondering. I, I mean, because I, yeah, I think Eddie's he, right. He wanted to send. He seemed very message sending tonight. Oh, yeah. Even by the way, and and I, I mean, I know he thinks it, but also saying it. Like, did you hear uh, Pollock at halftime saying how Georgia's like the standard in college oh, yeah, football now, and yeah. and, and yeah. Saban was literally sitting right beside mm-hmm. him, like mm-hmm. trying not to. Have an annual. I'm sure you. T- like, I'm sure you. I'm sure there's awesome. conversations there where it's like, all right, we, we're just laying the smackdown, and we're going to tell people about it. Uh, I'm sure. Sh- as folks don't know, you're good friends with David Pollock. Have you? Uh, have you exchanged any uh, words with him after that? Uh, no, I, I, I'm not yet to. He's busy. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I, I would. I would love to hear uh, what Saban said to him after that. After uh, after it went off air. Maybe we can just get that in the group chat, you know? I don't know. Um, but I would love to hear that. Uh, Brent, I'll let you go, man. I got some other UGA sports guys waiting to get in. Hey, wait. Awesome. Before Brent goes, Brent, go thanks again for so much of what you do. It is so awesome what you bring to the table, breaking down Georgia, and thank you so much. It's been a fun year. Now it's time for some rest. <laughs> yeah. Rest that voice, Brent. Fun. We appreciate you. All thanks, right, man. Paul. Oh, I didn't mean to cut him off like that, but no, it's, time for, he, it's time for the 2000. Oh, is the best. The doc is the best. He's yeah, he, he's awesome. good, man. He's oh, good. It's time for the 2023, Pete. Yeah, that is. I'm telling you, whoever put that in the chat, I, I can't find it now. 2023, Pete, you need to go ahead and trademark that. But no doctor, there's no doctor out there in the world that is good without a great nurse, and that nurse is Dane Young. Folks, Dane Young, you need somebody to hand you your scalpel if you're a doctor. And that man is Dane Young. He he puts the ball up in the air for Brent, and Brent knocks it out of the park. Dane Young, thank you for coming on to the show. 65 to 7. How was Coach Donnan tonight? Uh, Happy. (laughs) I mean, um, that was – oh, oh, look. I'm going to – I get the shirt. There you go. I was about to do it. it. You got a Dane. I got a Dane. Spell correctly, which makes me happy. No, I, mean, yeah. um, I, I don't know that Georgia could play that game against TCU a hundred times and it get any better than that, or maybe even match that. Like 
It was perfection. Um, and there were issues. I mean, you had the false start at the beginning. You had another little penalty. Like, it could have been way, Twice. way worse. Twice. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I think the tagline, someone already tweeted it to me, and it's already lost in my timeline. Apparently, it's going to be a thing back to back to Beck. Oh, I back like to that. Back to back. Oh, there's another one. There's another yeah. one. Yeah. Now, you know, that's assuming he wins the job. I don't think yeah. that that's a for sure thing. Okay, okay, okay. Here, here you go. Here we go. Here we go, folks. I was talking to a buddy about this. We all can agree that one of the three quarterbacks is probably going to transfer. I would imagine it's probably the guy that's stuck in between the junior and the freshman. I'm not going to name names. You can take what you want, right? But let's say he leaves in the next week or so. And somehow, miraculously, Gunnar Stockton has the spring of his life. And he takes over that number one spot from Carson Beck. Well, Carson Beck's definitely not staying. So now you have one scholarship quarterback on your roster. And what if Gunnar Stockton goes down? You have another walk-on, Jackson Muschamp, to take over oh, and on. lead you down the walk-on. No, number on. one, I can tell you for sure that, 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 Kirby, are leaving. that Kirby Smart is not stupid enough to name Gunnar Stockton as quarterback and starting quarterback in the spring. Uh, he, he he knows. He better. might not name him, but but reps reps show reps. I'm just saying. I, I I'm mean, just if you're going down that rabbit hole, I could be like, well, emergency quarterback Malachi Starks. He did it in high school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all out. Just, I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, there is another. Um, never mind. I'm not going there. Hey, no, please, 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 please enjoy what happens tonight instead of worrying about next year. Hey, hey, we. This is another Bennett. Coach Donnan's fun to sit beside because he's always thinking about the next play. And so Stetson Bennett gets, you know, pulled from the game. He gets his, like, moment or whatever. Georgia scores after that because Branson Robinson's like, I'm having my moment to shine. And Donnan says, or are they going to send Stetson back out to hold it? And we learned who the holder is behind Stetson. And it's Brett Thorson. Is it Thorson? Yeah. Hmm. I'm just going to – you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just get crazy. We've got 500 people watching. Let's just go five box this thing. And bring five, wide. Five, five wide, five wide here. Um, this like they do at Dega. Rougsy vid says this program is unreal. I know he's talking about Georgia, but you should be talking about the POS. This program is also unreal. Soak it in, gentlemen. He says you're exactly right. This program is great. Uh, speaking of this program, I'll tell you what. This program, this program, Blaine Gilmer, uh, sixty-five to seven. You were uh, calling on Twitter for Stetson. Uh, pretty much the statue to be built, right? Are you are you a are you I mean on board with pouring the concrete or what? It's not gonna take a lot of material, okay, because if they make it life size, you know, because it's not gonna be he's not not the biggest in the world, but he he deserves a statue because uh he's he's the greatest in my opinion, he's the the greatest Georgia quarterback of all time and he's going to be known and I, people are going to say it's blasphemy because of her, he's going to be the most famous Georgia Bulldog of all time because of the age that we live in the social media attention how his story's been told and the this the the way that how much how much exposure he's gotten in back-to-back national championships and it's undeniable now so I mean I think he's just uh he's a legend and uh that's 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 how he'll be known going forward but I don't it, think that's blasphemy he is the greatest Georgia Bulldog. He's the greatest Georgia Bulldog of all time. I'm I mean, sorry. I, I mean, he, he, he could really did go Herschel down. Win too? Did Herschel win too? He could really go down as the greatest quarterback in SEC. I mean, what? Oh, shit. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, technically Tebow sure. won too. I guess he wasn't yeah. the starter for the first one. 
Did Tebow Tebow win two playoff games? Did Tebow Tebow win all those MVPs? No. Even though though he only won one, I would just say Joe Burrow is – like, I don't know how you can not make that guy – the season that he had by itself is better than anything I think you could put out. Freaking Barstool Sports was like, is Georgia in 2022 like LSU in 20? And I'm like, hell no. Do you know what Joe Burrow and those receivers would have done against Georgia's secondary? Like, yeah, it would have been a game. Like, Georgia wouldn't get blown out or anything. But, like, that LSU offense was, like, the craziest thing I've ever seen. Let me ask you this. If if the, the 12 or 13 passes that Stetson Bennett had that completed that that Georgia was tackled within the five-yard line, if he had that on the stat line, we might be talking about a Heisman. Yeah, no. It well, it, here's the thing: if they waited to do the Heisman Trophy voting after yeah. the after the playoffs, Stetson would have won the Heisman Trophy based on that last drive against Ohio State. That's the Heisman moment right there. He would he would have won the Heisman Trophy in my Caleb opinion. Would have no fourth. Caleb would have finished fourth. Yeah, after what we just watched. Well, I think I think Max might have finished fourth after what we just watched. But um. well, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, another another coming in from uh, coming off the press from Indy Clip, and I trust him. He, I'm sure he's he's watching Kirby's uh, press conference right now. He said, "OMG, Kirby just said Bullard caught that interception with a separated shoulder." Damn, Bullard's That's is a, Bullard's is tough as nails, man. Yeah, he's a beast. But yeah. and Bullard would not have uh, if that game would have been close. Bullard would not have been came out of that game. No, hell no, hell no. He wouldn't have pulled himself out. He, you saw, he still had his pads on when he went up there to get his. Mm-hmm. Uh, his defensive trophy. He saw his pads on each of the national championships. There's been like a defensive back that kind of, I don't know, emerged or saved the day. And, and like Bullard's obviously that with his play against Harrison and the two picks in the first half here. But like David Daniels, this enough, if he doesn't make a tackle on CJ Stroud, then George is not playing in this game tonight. So true. So true. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing about Javon Bullard is, you know, everybody, had him coming out of when he was getting recruited. They're like, oh, well, he's going to play corner because that's what he played at Baldwin. But I went back and looked at a lot of his tape at Baldwin, and they would, when they would face in high school, when they would face a triple option team, right, or a wing T team, they would put him at safety, and you would literally see him coming from 12 yards deep and making tackles for a loss in the backfield from safety and just flying downhill. And it was at that point that I and I, I literally wrote, I, I uh, tweeted it out, uh, Last week, I was like, after the hit versus Harrison, I was like, he is not adverse to contact. And that is what Kirby Smart loves about him. I mean, he's just, he's just, he's not the most gifted in the world, but he will absolutely just knock your head off in a legal way, which is what he did against Harrison. And, uh, and, you know, he's, he's a stud and, you know, good for him in terms of people criticizing his pass coverage. And he has two picks tonight, you know, so that, that's a, that's a good, Kind of rounding out of the the season for him. Out of the five defensive backs that started, was was he the best defensive back for Georgia all season? I mean, I think he was. He was most consistent. Oof. I don't know. I think Kamari Lasseter is. A, I love Lasseter early in the year. Yeah. I mean, Chris Smith was probably the most consistent. Um, yeah, I was going to say Christopher Smith. Probably. I think Kamari Lasseter is going to end up being the best DB out of all those guys. Like, I'm talking about like in NFL? the future, in the league. Like Kamari Kamari Lasseter is a a stud. I don't Something know Malachi. about Bullard that I think a lot of Georgia fans will appreciate because it's not the case with everyone on this team, and we all see it when we get to know them a little bit better. But I spoke with Bullard before the season, 
And this is a guy in from Milledgeville. He grew up loving Georgia. It means a ton to him to be able to wear that helmet and that jersey. And look, Georgia's at a, a status now as a program where they're they end up with with players that have never even watched college football, that they're NFL fans, or like they just focus on high school Friday nights and then they don't really care about colleges. Like there are, there are plenty of Georgia fans on that team, but there are plenty that aren't. And he is one of the like big time Georgia fans that this means a lot to him and his community. And so I'm, I'm really happy for that on that stage because I know that like Milledgeville is going nuts right now. I'd say him and Stetson are the two biggest fans on the Georgia's team and they won MVP in both games. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy, uh, Walker Dog, wants to talk about guys is talking about Lad. Lad McConkey comes into the game uh, after last week's performance where he caught that two-point really helped out, but he was hurt. Tonight, five receptions, 88 yards, and two touchdowns for the young fella. Could have added – could have been over 100 if that uh, one pass that Stetson missed uh, just a little bit outside there. It could have been over 100 yards for Lad, but he ends up with 88 and two touchdowns. Another guy that – wasn't highly recruited. We looked at it, Trent. I remember I remember signing day. I was like, It's Todd Munkin's guy, man. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? And we were like, you were like, this is Todd's guy. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see. And sure enough, this guy shows up on the big stage again, two touchdown catches. Uh anybody can chime in on that. They're you want to like, hear a conspiracy? He looks, theory? Like, he looks like an eighth grader in uniform. No, I mean, he does. His helmet is like too big for his face. He he's too small, <laughs> and the guy just balls out. He's incredible. Here's your, here's your conspiracy theory. I have a I have a feeling that Bill Belichick absolutely loves both Lad McConkey and yep. Stetson Bennett, yep. and that's the reason he sent got Robert Kraft to send the Patriot plane to fly the Red Coat Band. All the way out to to uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. He's trying to butter him up and go ahead and get ready for the the pre draft meeting with Stetson this year. They'll draft Stetson about the fifth, sixth round. He'll take Mac Jones's job, tick more Alabama fans off, and then uh, Lad McConkey the next year will be you know Wes Welker version, you know, four point so. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the Stetson in the helmet looks like Darnell wearing the big hat. I mean, yeah, it's not as bad as JJ McCarthy. Is is Stetson going to be drafted now, or is he a walk? Yes, no, I think yes. he's drafted. You think he's drafted? So? Okay. I think he's drafted. I, I thought I thought like at the beginning of the season he might have been drafted late round, um, but I think he might be drafted more in the fourth fourth fifth round pick. The only Based thing I'll say is like his medical needs to come back good because he played with an injured shoulder for much of the season, so he'll get scrutinized some for medical stuff. If he comes through that clean, then yeah, he's going to get drafted. Are you talking about Stetson Bennett being hurt? Yeah, he played hurt like, a lot on, on his arm, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. I said that on the show, and I got lambasted for that. Uh, Not by me, Paul. I got your back, man. We're, we're I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, somebody called me out on that. Uh, $5 dono from the man right cheer says, LSU is the only BCS champions in 2003, so please quit giving USC credit as back-to-back champions. They didn't even qualify to play in the title game. AP got mad. I don't remember that. Um, maybe some of you guys do. But In terms I'm of like legacy, sure too, like, uh, yeah, we're talking about like, Stetson versus Herschel and all that. And like, man, half the people watching today weren't alive when Herschel did his thing for Georgia either. So like there, there's a lot of like recency bias of what we saw. I, I wasn't alive when Herschel did his thing. So I can't tell you what that was like. I, I know what I've been told forever. Um, and he didn't win two of them. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's literally the only thing about it is, is Herschel's a freaking nature, like literally, you know, just in terms of 
Well, like I, them, uh, Herschel was a 2020 what? back playing in 1980. I, yeah, I was, was alive and I saw it, boys. And Stetson's the goat. Okay. Oh, there you go. You heard it from He's, the Godfather. I was there here. Go. Hey, well, that's better. That's better coming from somebody that saw both play. It I like it. other than film, you know, because I, I just feel like it. Sometimes you can get you can get. Uh, toasted a little bit that way if you if you say say otherwise but uh but man it's is no doubt in terms of impact in terms of impact he's Bennett's done more than any other georgia bulldog Absolutely. i mean 100%. we already have somebody in the chat guys that is sitting at the lax airport sure feels good to ride home with the natty the middle georgia uga dog pound you're a crazy son of a gun uh to be flying back home on that red eye that's Spirit, a four-hour four flight Oh boy, you got a three-hour time zone. So even if you got on the plane right now, uh, dog pound, you're getting home at seven thirty. That's that's tough, man. But hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Congrats. So, well, like, to if Stetson's the goat, can we just like take a step back and realize? <laughs> hold on, hold on, Dave. One sec. Greg uh, Clawen says uh, Eddie saw Moses play. So <laughs> not that old. I'm fifty-two. I mean, geez, I'm not a. I'm not ninety nine hundred and twenty-two. That's All right, now, now it's getting really it's getting really outlandish. Uncle Sam says the numbers three four three n two three. All right, guys, it, it, guys, we got to find some common ground here. I like I like what is it twenty twenty three Pete? I like that three four three n twenty three. I don't know. I, well, maybe going too far there. And a super oh. chat there from Gabe. Yeah, Gabe says. Uh, OSU fan, but cheering for Georgia. Big 12 softer than our trash defense. They gave up 18 points to blow it. Laugh out loud. Go dogs, though. Congrats. Hey, Gabe. We appreciate that super chat, man. Uh, yeah, that Big 12 is uh, it's a little soft. It's a little soft. But I guess I, we're all saying consensus. Stetson Bennett is the greatest player to play for Georgia. And I'm not arguing that fact. I, I think it's clear. But – now, look, you can argue language on it. There are more talented players that have played for Georgia. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely okay. more decorated on accomplished. Okay. Okay. Um, but like, look, in my eyes, Champ Bailey is the most talented player to ever play for Georgia. Look at all the stuff he did for that team. Um, he just didn't have the cast around him. All that said, the fact that that conversation's happening and 13 months ago, we all have Twitter. We're on the dog vent. It was like 50 50 among the fan base if Stetson Bennett should start the Orange Bowl last year. Yep. For that to happen, yeah, you're right. It shows you the power of of being awesome in the right moments, and, and maybe that's the the legacy that he has. That's what I was saying in terms of social media and TV exposure and all that. That that brings in a little bit of bias to this as well, to it too. And let's not and let's let's just cut through it and let's also not uh, let's also not. I don't want to get you know, political on here, but let's also not say that Herschel hadn't alienated himself from half the people out there, you know, with, with his, with his run. So uh, yeah. for, for office, so that kind of hurt him a little bit in that too, but you can't deny it. he's a freak athlete and unbelievable, unbelievable What's guy. What's about Stetson is that he stepped up in the biggest moments in the world. I mean, he sucked for half the game against Ohio state. And then in the fourth quarter, when it mattered, he took the team on his shoulders and he led them to a victory. Oh, yeah. That's what Stetson does. Who's the basketball announcer? Is it Bill Raftery that says onions? (laughs) When somebody hits a big three over there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Herschel, yeah, you can. I mean, I, I don't care about all that political bull crap. Yeah, I mean, that, is, that has nothing to do with this. Okay. No, I'm Herschel saying that. That's how I know. I know what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. But Herschel was an incredible athlete, but he didn't take the team on his back and lead them back to back national champions. He didn't do that. He won a no, Heisman. No. He won a national championship. Stetson did it twice, and he did it in the moments where it was the hardest to do. And he and and. Like you said, Dane, nobody backed this kid. Everybody was against him because they were like, oh, this kid's not any good. He can't do this. And well, he did it. One of the greatest parts of his story to me is that before that same Orange Bowl, where it was 50-50 among the fan base at that point, which was pretty crazy in retrospect, but like that's just what it was at the time. I thought the, the biggest turning point in his story to me, not his performance and not everything, when Todd Munkin in front of a microphone just said, I had it wrong. We told him he should leave, and he just didn't. And he kept coming back, and he kept coming back. And the fact that Munkin was so, I guess, upfront about that when, like, coaches tend to not want to be. Most coaches are egomaniacs. One, I gained a, a lot of respect for Todd Munkin for just being honest. It Like, man, I didn't believe in this kid. Um, and they then, said they tried to bury him, right? And then and then credit for Stets. Like, man, if you go back to before that Arkansas game, Stets and Bennett was taking fourth-string snaps. He was barely on that team. Yeah. We got a, a $2 dono from Luke S says, when am I going to hear you guys on 929 FM? I don't know. We're, I've, I've done some radio spots for him, but I don't know if I'll ever, uh, we'll ever get on there. Uh, let's see. This just in guys. Um, Sets and Bennett's mom posts on the dog vent. Oh, she really? Po- yeah. She posted on the dog vent. Should I read it or, or. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, right. oh, I think I think you should screen share it. Uh, all right, just I'm, read it. I'm not I'm not that talented, Dane. All right, so Denise Bennett, it's her first post on the dog vent, guys. She says, "Dog vent, my first post. Thank you, dog vent, for some much needed entertainment these past six years. Has been fun to read. Well, mostly fun. Some insiders are spot on. Some insiders are horribly wrong. All are entertaining. As a dog fan, alum, and a player mom, I couldn't love the dogs more." Than if I played myself. Here's to a three-peat. Go dogs. Oh, to at Namek. Bless your heart. Denise Bennett. So I don't know what Namek said. He's a, I guess he's a he's a poster on the board. That, that's uh, one of the people that didn't think Setson should start for a long time. Ah, I figured that's what it was. So yes, her first post uh on the board. So we had the player's mom on UGA sports.com posting. That's pretty cool. Um yeah, uh, George on tap. Roddy is on 92.9 with uh, with Randy Mack all the time. So we're on there. I think he was talking more or less like having a show. Maybe we should maybe we should hit up uh, old 92.9 and see what they see if they need us. What a mic drop from Denise Bennett, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty sick. That is pretty sick. Oh, and also and, like shout out to oh, the dog vent. <laughs> like this yeah, close yeah. after that, and she's like, let, let, let's go check out the dog vent. That that kind of makes me feel like I'm working for the right place. Well, oh, and it. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to tell Eddie, and I I agree with you, man. In terms of uh, that, I, I feel the same. I'm just saying the argument out there that goes for Herschel is that is that I mean, look at the percentage of the offense that he had to like. It was it was Herschel, like they were running the ball, like you know, and he put his body through through all kinds of heck to to go forward. So I think there's still an argument out there, but I agree with you that there's no denying. That Setson Bennett is an all-time great dog and a legend and all, and all that kind of stuff. But let's not just totally throw 
<laughs> turns the legacy no. of old, old Herschel no. away. Over I, didn't there. Mean, I didn't mean it that way at all. I, I just I I think Stetson has supplanted Herschel as the greatest of all time for Georgia. He has. He has supplanted him. Yeah, eh, maybe so. I think it's I think it's right he, there. Either I way. Either way, either the, the fact that we're even talking about somebody supplanting Herschel Walker as the best dog of all time just goes to show you what Stetson Bennett meant for this program. I think right. I think we could go back and forth on this. Everybody could go back and forth on, you know, uh, Herschel this or Stetson this. Either way, though, your dogs have three national championships because of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stetson Bennett – has really helped this program, you know, elevate to a whole nother level that now it's, it's plug and play, you know, Carson Beck comes in next year. You've got the same guys coming back. Or how it's, about it's another, how about another angle because of what he did as a player and as a coach is Kirby smart, the greatest Georgia bulldog of all time. Who I did think it was interesting that Mark Rick got in uh, college football hall of fame. Yeah, today. Today. So you're going to have three straight Georgia coaches, college football hall of famers. Because because yeah. Kirby was an all-SEC player, and he ends up leading Georgia to its first national title in 41 years and going back-to-back now and building a, a deal where they're going to be favorites for the for a three-peat, uh, Vegas favorites going into next year. I mean, that's that's impressive as well. So. Well, I, I think there's a separation, though, between yeah. coaches and players. I mean – Kirby's the greatest of all time right now. I'm sorry. He's he's beyond what Coach Vince Dooley did. We love Coach Vince Dooley, but he's beyond him already. And he's he's only got more to come. And and I think the players and the coaches are two different things, right? It's two different arguments. Yeah, and the only reason I say he belongs in it all is because, you know, he was in. He was he was a player at Georgia as well. So, so that kind of you put the whole ball of wax together and <laughs> he's uh he's he's certainly got an argument on all kinds of stuff too. My favorite yeah. stat at the moment is that in the last two seasons, Georgia has more national championships than losses. Wow. That is, Golly, that that's is incredible. What wow. that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that wow. is that is that is nuts. And I'll leave you with this. I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run here soon, but I will leave you with this. Dylan Raola, the recruiting note was in the stadium, uh seeing Talk that. To us. Talk to us. Sister goes to TCU, right? That was one reason he was there. That was not the reason he was there. I said, I said one and reason. I said one. It wasn't. That wasn't even a reason he was there. <laughs> it was just a byproduct of the of the events. Uh, she just she just happened to be birthed by his parents as well. Gotcha. Um, but but Dylan uh, Rowla was there, and um, I can just tell you that I think that there's. There's uh, some movement going on. As as George, as the I'll leave you with this. As the great George Costanza said, it moved. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm I'm out. I'll see y'all later. See you, bro. In terms of like Kirby's place, though, and yeah. one like Nick Saban's the greatest college football coach ever. But like, oh, yeah. yeah, Kirby has a path to compete with that, which is just mm-hmm. insane to think. Um, but like the other piece of it is you start going to like greatest coaches of all time and like Kirby's beginning to knock on the door of like top 20, top 10. I mean, he's in terms of just national titles, you're already getting into Nick Saban. Uh, recently you're looking at like Dabo Swinney, Pete Carroll, Urban Meyer territory. And that's 
insane. Well, I mean, he's not there yet, but what's amazing to me is the way Kirby's done this, dealing with the NIL, the transfer portal, all that stuff. I mean, that's that's a whole new ball of wax that he's having to deal with, and he's done it, and and Saban hasn't done it in this new era, right? Well, and I think the greatest thing that Kirby has done is kind of just have a roster ready for when things happen. Yeah. And it's really kind of been – if Alabama's had a downfall, which it's really not. They're still awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, they, they've struggled a couple times in replacing coordinators, and – I mean, look, Dan Landing gets the Oregon job. Cool. Uh, Muschamp's already been at Georgia for two years, okay, or whatever it had been. Like he was ready. And Todd Munkin's going to get calls, and probably one day he's going to leave. Oh, Mike Bobo, right there, ready to go. He's mm-hmm. been with the team. Like the continuity with that, and and those are all Georgia guys too. That that's a piece of it. I think some of these other teams don't have, and people can say that doesn't matter. But Kirby Smart mentioned it after the game today of like why he called timeouts to get curtain calls for his like that's totally unKirby like. And he said, look at what they've done for the university that I love too. When was the last time a coach did a curtain call in football besides NFL and college football? I can't like think of one off the top of my head. I would assume Clemson did something with its blowout in in the CFP, right? Probably, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, No, we don't want Bobo. All right, boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out. I actually have to go to work tomorrow. I hate it, but um, I do. And um, we won sixty five to seven, and we just won back to back. I mean, my God, are you kidding me? I, 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 my eyes are still wet. I can't believe it. Eddie, the godfather of the show. We appreciate you so much, my friend. Let, let me Thank show some love to you real fast because, Eddie, you always show love to us. And it's always like I hope it never feels one-sided because, like, you give so much time and you're so invested in the stuff that we do. And, I mean, I don't know how you have time to work between hanging out with us and hanging out with Logan Booker and then hanging out with Bill Shanks. Like, you're a busy dude, and your voice is better at any of this than any of us. So um, you just bring a lot to this and your energy and your graciousness and just investment in what we do makes our lives fun. So uh, you represent a lot of people that put a lot of time into this. So thanks, man. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dane. Uh, I really appreciate that. And Paul, I still owe you a dinner. Uh, I'll get, you know, half a point. We'll get it. We'll get it. Half a point? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Happy to we'll pay. Definitely get it. All thank right. You see you, Eddie. Oh, Dane. Ah. Uh, See a senior Mattingly from Brian Squirrel Sports. Um, man, how <laughs> this was funny when Stetson at the end of it, Dane said, uh, he said, Man, you know, Munkin should just retire after that play call. <laughs> I think Munkin made that joke to him, yeah. And then, and then, uh, the camera goes right to Kirby Smart and he's like talking to Mary Beth. And I'm just like, man, Kirby, somebody in the press conference is going to ask that question. Like, is Todd Munkin coming back? We heard Stetson Bennett at the end of the game. Uh, so I just thought I thought that was kind of funny that that was brought up. We haven't even gotten to the stats really, Dane. I want to kind of dig into these real quick um, before, uh, you know, we, we get up, we get off of here. Um, and, guys, you, you're more than welcome to call in. We've got a little bit of time left. Uh, the link is in the description. All you do is you click that link and then it brings you into our waiting room and then we bring you into the show. Super easy. So I'd love for uh, maybe, you know, a couple more people to call in. we got 500 people watching us right now. Somebody wants to call in and talk some dogs with us. 65 to 7, 589 total yards to 188 for TCU. Just absolute crazy domination of a game. Um, 
I mean, red zone, six of six for Georgia. Time of possession, 37 minutes. No fumbles, no interceptions. You score on every one of your drives except one. I mean, yeah, and, and here's the narrative. I think here's this is the narrative moving forward, Dane, that the national media is going to go with is, well, TCU probably should have never been in the national championship game to begin with. Georgia can't help that. They beat the teams that are on their schedule. TCU made it to the national championship game. They beat Michigan. So you can't – but that's going to be the narrative, right? Well, TCU just wasn't ready for this game, you know. I mean, the we, three we, most talented teams in the country are Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. And I don't think there's any disputing that. From anyone that follows us with any objectivity, sure. you can choose the order that you want to. Fine. I'm not even going to tell you that Georgia was would beat them, you know, more than 70% of the time or anything. Like, I think you saw how close Ohio State is to Georgia in terms of talent and when you have a quarterback like that. But guess what? Alabama didn't take care of business in the regular season to give itself a chance to play Georgia. And yep. Ohio State ran the ball kind of stupidly at the end of the game and didn't give itself something shy, you know, less than a 50-yard field goal. And Michigan threw two pick sixes against TCU. Like, I, I don't think that game could have gone any worse for TCU. And that may be easy to say at this point, but that's in part because Georgia went out there and just kicked the ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not... <laughs> 65 to seven. And that was say, like letting off the gas. That was like Branson Robinson oh yeah. being like, I'm going to get mine. Yeah. I mean, they could have put up 72. Could have been 72 to seven. Uh, 79 to seven is not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they, they could have easily dropped 80 points tonight. I did enjoy <laughs> the game day picks are funny because I've had this yeah. running joke on Twitter for like six months now of Desmond Howard's preseason picks of and then he picked TCU and then he has to come back at halftime and give comments about Georgia what it's doing to TCU like <laughs> it was just chef's kiss of like Desmond Howard just came ready to give me Twitter ammunition uh, yeah. which is not the whole goal of everything but uh, he's, a, he's a fun punching bag because like he seems like a nice guy but he doesn't seem like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the sport and, Blind Squirrel uh, Sports says uh, that was a historically bad loss for TCU. What else can you say? I mean, yeah, but it's also historically a great win for Georgia. It is. And so yeah. it kind of depends on how you want to look at it. Like that stunk for TCU. And and if they played again in two weeks, it may not be to that same degree. But yeah, they don't. We've got a new caller here, Dane. Let's see if we can bring him on. Larkin Fowler. How's it going? <laughs> Paul, Dane, how are you guys? Hi, Larkin. Good, man. Where are you calling us from? I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, New York City, New York City, yeah, but uh, via Moultrie, Georgia. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, how are you feeling after this victory? <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you guys, I'm old enough to remember 1980, and I, you know, I grew up in Moultrie, I grew up watching Coach Goff play in Moultrie. Um, his dad ran the rec department, knew his dad used to do, you know, T-ball in the summers and all that stuff and uh, raised young, younger brother, Bucky, uh, you know, played T-ball and baseball with him. So, you know, I was a long time Ray Goff lover. And, uh, you know, I, last year was so special. I cried. Um, and this year, uh, you know, it's just, Try it again. I, it's uh, 
my son's a senior at Georgia this year. Awesome. Um, my oldest is. And, awesome. uh, you know, it's uh, it's just special. Yeah, I mean, it, so I went to Georgia. Dane did as well. Uh, I graduated 2013. Dan, you were what, 2011? 2011, but I will say that both years that I've been in graduate school currently, Georgia has won national championships. And I hope that that doesn't have fans asking me to stay in grad school forever because that wouldn't be fun. Yeah, when I when I was in school, the the biggest game was Georgia LSU uh, when Mettenberger came back. That was that was like twenty thirteen our game, right? Uh, but your son Larkin has now got to witness two national championships while he's been in college. That is uh, no nobody nobody in the history of UGA can say what your son can say that he's been there for two national championships. Well, you know, Paul, it was funny because so he's a Kai Fi and. Uh, nice. He uh, he this is his fifth year. He decided that because uh, he switched majors 17 times that, you know, he decided to stay for a fifth year, uh, which is, you know, look, it, wor- it worked out. But, you know, he, he said to me, I was talking to him today before the game and uh, he's like, oh, you know, dad, I feel I feel good about the game. And, you know, I was like, God, after that Ohio State game, I, I, I just was like, who knows? Who knows, bud? And um, he said, you know, I. They went, they went to the SAE house last year. SAE had this huge screen set up, and everyone's watching the game. He was sending me videos, and he's like, I barely remember the game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so this year, uh, he was like, I'm going to you know, watch the game. Once we win, then I'm going to go to downtown Athens and, and have fun. So um, I think uh, you know, he, he uh, probably enjoyed it a lot more this year than last year. <laughs> yeah, well uh... – he actually watched the game. <laughs> Lojo was saying uh, he drank his way to a fifth year like I did. I'm right there with him. Yeah, I stayed. I, I graduated in December, so I could get another football season. Uh, so yeah. that's how Welcome, it Let out. me ask you a question, because being yeah. from Moultrie, my first job uh, out of college was at WALB in Albany. So I spent a lot of time oh, down yeah. in that direction and Norman Park and Tifton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's just a different part of the state and different part of the world there's a different kind of community in those little communities or not even town okay. some of them does it mean anything different to you that it's a guy from bainbridge at the center <laughs> of all this leading the way well yeah you know it, it it absolutely does because i uh you know i remember going and watching so my dad was an attorney and uh uh, you know, sadly passed away in 2006. Uh, but I remember going and watching one of Kirby's high school games. I don't remember if it was state playoffs or something. Um, but, uh, you know, because I would, whenever I would, I was living in Atlanta and working after I got out of college. I, I went to, I didn't go to Georgia. I went to Washington and Lee, but I came back to Atlanta after college and was working and still, you know, using my dad's season tickets whenever he wouldn't go and going up to Athens and you know, having fun and watching the games and the, you know, I loved Ray, you know, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, the team's terrible other than the 92 team, you know, that had, that had, uh, that had Andre Hastings and Garrison. Hurst. <laughs> but after that, I mean, you know, it was a part of my French fucking shit show as we all know. Um, but, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, when someone like, um, you know, I just feel good. I mean, I, I felt so bad that Ray wasn't successful because he is a, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Buck was like the nicest man ever. Um, and you know, Ray, uh, you know, he was like a childhood hero. I mean, you know, 
you know, Moultrie High School. I mean, I I loved him, and it was uh, it was pretty sad that you know that he was not as successful as we would have all liked him to be. And so, being a Southwest Georgia kid, uh, you know, now uh, you know, sort of a New Yorker. I've been here since '95, but you know, you could take the boy from the South, but you can't take the South from the boy. You know, it uh, you know it just fills me with pride that another Southwest Georgia kid has you know, taking this program to, to where they, you know, to where it's, where it is. I mean, it, it, it just feels amazing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, and that, you know, I wish, uh, I wish my dad were alive to see it. You know, um, it, uh, that's probably the only thing that I regret is that my dad, uh, cause he, he was at the, he was at the sugar bowl in 80 with my stepmom, uh, watching the damn game. And I was stuck, stuck in Moultrie watching it on TV with my mom, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I wish he could have been here to see it, but, you know, I, I know he's watching from above and he's probably just as proud of Kirby as, as you know, as all the sort Southwest Georgia folks are. A couple of those Rick teams, if they would have had the playoff, they, they would have been in the running. I mean, who knows if they win it, but yeah. Is it, bad? Is it bad I've lived in Georgia my whole life and have never been to Southwest Georgia? I've never <laughs> been to Moultrie or Albany or anything like that. Or Th- Thomasville's great. You know, go down, go, you know. Go Paul to, uh, East Dublin, dude. Like, you learn all the little communities. When <laughs> so I thought, Dublin, I thought Dublin was in the mountains, no? No, 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 no. no. If you took Atlanta and Savannah and threw a dart in the middle, you're probably where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never been there. Well, you know, now you think about the crazy thing uh, in 2000, was it one or two? Yeah, uh, 2002, when Terrence Edwards drops the pass against Florida and we lose. And I think, you know, that year, that team that Coach Rick had with with David Pollock and David Green and all those guys was uh, uh, a great team. And I just think that, you know, poor, poor Terrence Edwards, I mean, if he could – you know, he probably thinks about that pass more than he should because he was, you know, one hell of a player. And, you know, um, now all he does is train like all the future. Receivers. <laughs> now he does uh, train the wide receivers and the T, whatever, the T Mac or T Ed, whatever the thing, the wide receiver academy. Have you ever yeah. watched a game up at American Whiskey in New York, the Georgia bar up there? I have been once. So, uh, you know, I, you know, as I've, I, as I'm older now, uh, <laughs> I, I generally like to watch the games from my house. And when they win, uh, then I go out to the bar. Tonight, uh, I actually got to work tomorrow. Uh, so get up early. So I know Which is terrible. There, ask for Robbie. He, he's a yeah. member of the dog vet and just yeah. a great dude. Yeah, no, is- it, it hasn't. And, uh, and I went to Michigan for graduate school. So, uh, I usually, uh, I, I, you know, I sort of all, I, I do, uh, there's a whole Michigan uh, dad's group from, uh, from my daughter's soccer team. And we, we, I've, do, I've done more Michigan bar nights than Georgia bar nights because they're just not, you know, they're not that many Georgia, they're not that many Georgia guys up here. So you um, really enjoyed that peach bowl. <laughs> yes, I did. I couldn't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I was happier that Georgia won or Ohio State lost. But um, it was uh, that putts Ryan Day with his like spray on tan. I, you know, I was quite happy. I was quite happy. It was, uh, you know, I was bummed Michigan lost. And, you know, uh, you know, last year was definitely interesting when watching those two teams play. And it was like, uh, you know, graduate school, I'm a mater team that I, you know, that I, that I, that I, 
you know, like I cry over when they lose. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, Georgia, Georgia's in my heart, always will be. And, uh, you know, it's too bad. I think, you know, it'd have been great if we had hey. a Georgia-Michigan game because I think it would have been a great game. I mean, look, this was rela- – listen, as you guys know, like watching that Ohio State game and, um, Paul, I was watching the game and I was watching along with you and Coach Donnan. And, oh, Dane. You are watching with um, Dane. Oh, it was Dane. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Dane. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Apologize. And so, you know, we're kind of watching and then when, when Coach Donnan's like, whoa, he missed, you know, like we're going. I mean, it was like – Well, his quote was, he missed the dog shit out of it. Yeah, he missed the dog shit out of it. It was like – Well, I've got I mean, some other stuff you guys need to hear too. Yeah. Um. But that was crazy, you know. That was that was so much fun. So, um, look, I you know I I I, lo- I watch the show. I, I usually listen to it. I I watch it when I can. I always listen to it on the podcast when I'm uh, trying to get some exercise up here. And I think you guys do a great job. And uh, you know, thanks uh, thanks for letting me on the show. Uh, you know, I've uh, long long time listener, first time caller. So yeah, uh, well, well, we appreciate back. Yeah, we oh. appreciate we appreciate you calling in, uh, Larkin, and we hope you have a uh, good rest of your night. And yeah, happy New Year, guys! And yeah, you, uh, well. you know, let's uh, let's go for three and twenty three. There you go. There you go. All right, All right. night, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, How Larkin. What you got, Roddy? I want to get some stuff. I want to play the uh, Kirby Smart audio I just uploaded to YouTube. We'll bring it on. It it's filthy, but let's see if it'll play. If not, I may have to get uh, one uh, day to do this. We should have had a warning on that for folks who are listening to this on the podcast. Uh, but also, Anthony Spano is going to be very mad at you, Roddy, because he did not cuss at all when he came on. Uh, and then Kirby just just ran through the wall. Well, it's, go- it's making the rounds. Uh, it's, it's been sent to me three or four hundred times. Um, and it's yeah, everywhere. That is Kirby's. Miss, yeah, Miss Mary's in here, Roddy. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry, Miss Mary. Who said something on Monday? Not, I'll, just, I'll have to get yeah, listen again. What did he say? Did he say talk about Fox on Monday? Is that what he says? When I was on Fox on Monday, or said something? I was in that box on Monday, or what? Mm. I heard what he said. And I don't yeah, know. I hope it's like Shannon Sharp on that morning show, and he just said something offhand, and Kirby. Took hey, it y- y- y'all see Miss? Y'all talk tell me about Miss Mary. Yeah, there she is. That's my coach. coach. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't a wilting flower. This is a bulldog fan, damn it.
Man, yeah. You know what you just uh, played is going to turn into like 14 t-shirts from all these different companies. It, it might it'd be fine. Uh, again, I know Kirby does not want that out there more than likely. Uh, I hate when they leak stuff like that for his sake, but I love it for our sake. And he said, well, why would you put it out there? Look, it's already out there. It's already been shared to the board. At least we're going to uh, throw some photos with it and show it. But I'm just telling you, when you see why they beat a team by 58 points. That's why, huh? That, that might be it. Yep. <laughs> POS, POS after dark. You're right. It is, it is 1 a.m. It is 1 I mean, a.m. I was about to say, days. like, 1 a.m. You get what you get at this point. But then Paul yeah. said, Miss, Miss like, Mary's not that life. <laughs> Uh, no good says play it again good our youtube page it's there hey miss k jones she said boys there are a few ladies watching slash listen that you can you can get on roddy for that uh but Man, we uh, all with the uga the the women say worse yeah they do yeah. they do they do g mcneil and dogs are hell yeah i mean that walker dog kirby got that dog in him yeah that that'll make you run through a brick wall right there um I mean, you're sitting in the locker room and your coach says that. Yeah, man, I'm going out there to play for you. The funny part to me is that in juxtaposition with like the amount of times this year that I was told that like Stetson Bennett would yell back at coaches in practice just because he's like, I I have that kind of confidence now. And like 25 and has a mortgage. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty funny. Like it was always in a way, it's just like we all want to get better. You see that. Like it was never disrespect, but that's just part of the culture. Ty two times says I'm playing that before work every morning for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the look on the board. Uh, let's go to the dog then real quick. He's posted over there. Um, Speaking of I posts, I brought, ringtone. I brought up, uh, I brought up the post from uh, Miss Bennett. We brought that up. That's pretty wild. Did you see that? No, I missed that. Yeah. Stetson's mom posted oh, yeah. on the board. Made her first post. Yeah. But she's she been a member since 2015. Me, she had told me, yeah, she told me years ago, well, actually a year ago, that if uh, Setson came back and uh, when he was done playing, she'd come on the board and say hello to everybody. She reads the board a lot, you know. So hey, here's the thing, folks. When you're talking about these uh, players, even if they are 25, they're still someone's son. They're still someone's brother. They're still someone's grandchild. They're still someone's uh, – they're someone's father sometimes you know they are human beings we sort of look at them as numbers and uh, uh players and stuff like that but they are actual human beings and i was uh watching kirby just run around and hug guys and uh stacy cereals went up to a, uh, one of his defensive linemen and was talking to him right in his ear some of the players were just the ecstasy and the relief you know the celebration the pure joy it's small. Okay, you only you get in very tiny windows, and it's after a game. But it's like as Kirby's talking about in that uh, speech. There, it's like you know you've worked for this all week. You've busted your tail. Now you got to go do it for sixty minutes, and it's hard. Look at the strain they had against Ohio State, and then they get to go into the locker room and jump around for 10, 20 minutes, and then it's back to work. So let's uh, just keep that in mind. You know, it's. There, there are perks that come with it, but it's a hard job. And so when we're criticizing these guys, we're you know, ripping on a guy for getting getting beat on a route or you know, not making the right cuts. This 
we can criticize. That's that's their, that's what we do. But at the same time, just remember not to ever make it personal because mom's on the board. She's reading this. You know, let's not uh, let's not trash her child personally. You know, so uh, shout out to Miss Bennett. Uh, she she might get a statue too. Jim, uh, Jim K says Kirby was talking about his ten year old crying because Stetson was finally leaving. Yeah. So I, I I can't wait to watch that Kirby Smart press conference. We'll have that for you guys over here on the uh, UJ Sports YouTube page as well. If it's not already up now, it, it should be up soon. I'm I mean, sure think about how up. quickly the, this page turns. Like you said, Roddy, that like all right, first yeah. day of classes on campus was uh, today, and so players okay. get back. Um, you're probably going to have – even Coach Donnan said on the show tonight, you're probably looking at like 10 guys transferring out, and then you have new guys coming in, potentially more transfers coming in, and then spring ball starts in what, like six weeks? Six or eight weeks? Uh, eight weeks? No, about eight no. weeks. It's right? eight weeks, about, about two months. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's quick in terms of, like, roster management stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I agree, I agree 100%. And it's a bunch of new faces. So, I mean, it's why you get paid eleven and a half uh, million dollars a year. So, like, I'm not providing sympathy for that, but I'm just saying, no, like, it's a hard job. Does he get another raise? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I told someone, Paul? I I said any economist would tell you this: supply and demand, right? If Kirby decided he wanted to take a year off and then just come back with a new contract, he'd probably get like twenty five million a year if he wanted. Dear to. God. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. It wouldn't work that way. Totally get it. And he wouldn't do that. He loves UGA too much. But um, any economist will tell you that. Well, here's a good one from uh, Robert. He says, raise your hand if you thought Johnson would have more than three yards. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They locked him down completely. I thought for a half hey, a second, I, there, Branson Robinson was going to be George's leading rusher. He was close. <laughs> I, after the game, I was – when Warren McClendon came up and he kind of bear hugs me and um, I looked at him, I'm like, man, <laughs> did you have any idea this was going to happen? He's like, no, <laughs> not at all. And, you know, he's got a voice that sort of comes out of his, the soles of his shoes, like, not at all. <laughs> so the, even their dominance uh, blew their mind. But again, just looking at uh, how the offensive line for TCU was so short fat round um, when you see Jalen Carter and Warren Brinson and Zion Logue and uh, uh, Stinch, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Stackhouse. Uh, those look like Formula One race cars. And the other guys look like, uh, like I said, just barrels all with legs. And it was, it was not pretty. So it just blew right past them. And then the other way, George's offensive line, those uh, mammoth guys just pushing TCU around. It was. Did you see Darnell? It, it looked like they were playing the high school field. field. Darnell what just had a guy like on a shopping cart. He just like 15 yards yeah. with him. Yeah. I felt bad for Darnell. I'm, I'm proud that he was. He went through some pain to get out there. He's a tough kid. Uh, he had that catch over the middle, and he was so frustrated that the guy actually hit him. I dove into his legs and tackled. Yeah, him. he wanted to score so bad. He oh, he was going to. You just had a, you just had a huge run, but he's like, damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he he was definitely going to. If that guy didn't go for his legs, he was, yeah. he was there was it was nobody in front of him. He had it. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of talk about. Catch. 
there's gonna be a lot of talk about quarterback next year. What I'll tell you is that whoever the quarterback is, they're gonna be good because they have Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey. I mean, and Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett and and yeah. I, I agree with all that. And there's other Georgia receivers that are going to be great. Dylan Bell. And, yeah, yeah, but I'm just – look at what Lad McConkey did tonight, and he's still not healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Dylan Bell mentioned that uh, – I read it correctly. He was recruited to play linebacker. Yeah, TCU. TCU. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Like, it looks like a linebacker. Man, I'm just thinking – He doesn't look like a TCU and, linebacker. Those TCU linebackers are, like, round and – and thick, yeah. Uh, one of them went to tackle Brock Bowers. It was number six. I, I let me see if I can find his name real quick. Yeah, the uh, Hodge. He was a leading tackler with seven. He tackled Bowers on a play, and I mean, he almost swallowed Bowers. And he was a linebacker. And Kirk Herbstreit was like, "Yeah, this guy's two hundred forty-five pounds." I was like, "There's no. This dude's two sixty-five. There's no shot. Well, yeah, this guy's forty-five. They mentioned that against uh, Michigan. How? You know, those linebackers would fill the gaps and how thick they were and the safeties, you know, a bulky dude and how they how hard they hit. And so that's why I was thinking, man, these guys are going to bring some wood. You can't it, – that's great if you can catch somebody. George yeah. just ran past these guys. I mean, they're drifting it down to the goal line. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to bring in the jumbo patch, package. They didn't need it. Just a regular offensive lineman just pushed them back. I mean, it was uh, embarrassing just running around the edges. You know, Georgia had the, the toss sweep or the sweep or the end of the round. It was available all night long because everybody on Georgia's team could make the edge, you know, and just blow them up at the point of attack repeatedly. So I'm just like, hey, we can just run around them whatever we want to. I figure it's going to be uh, 19, 29, uh, 18, 28, 38. <laughs> just go around the edge nonstop. It was, it was glorious. Roddy, it was after the Tennessee game that I think I said it on here and I've said it in multiple places. I know I said it on our Tuesday show that I thought that Georgia had a dynasty then just because of like when a team like Tennessee that's upstart and feels great about itself comes in and just has all of its dreams extinguished at the hands of the team that actually is in charge. To me, that's the sign of a dynasty. I, y'all push back and maybe fair. That's fine. Um and I think it's obvious that George is in the midst of a dynasty now, however you want to define it. Um, can go away quickly, just ask Clemson. But where do you just – you've covered Georgia a long time, dude, like mid-90s and – 93. Yeah, uh, early 90s. So, like, <laughs> your perspective is just different than mine. So, like, based on what you've seen, what what does this mean to the state? What it means the state uh... – there will be nothing like the last one. That was my thing. Or the, the, I should say the first one, the one last year. It took so much pressure off of the fan base because you had had so many close calls and the sense of relief. Plus, remember, it was three quarters of absolute hell. Georgia just was playing poorly. Uh, you were neck and neck with Alabama. Uh, you were just waiting for the other shooter drop. Stetson had that fumble. Uh, INT just looked bad, couldn't run it. Every, and then, of course, the, the fourth quarter was uh, amazing. This one, I thought, you know, if they win this one, this will cement them as, as we say, the dynasty. I, It won't mean as much as last year. I'm wrong. I was wrong. When you beat a team like this and you set a record for 
going, hey, going 15 and 0, perfect season. That puts you up there with that uh, LSU team that did it. You know, you're the, you are just looked at as maybe one of the best teams in college football. This isn't, this wasn't your best team. Your best, better team was last year. And to be able to know that you lost 15 guys to the NFL, 13 to the transfer portal, and you went 15 and 0, and you only had one game that was close. One game. Well, I mean, maybe Missouri, but. Uh, this is I mean, that, that is funny. The closest three games, like one was Ohio State, obviously, two was Missouri, and three is probably Kent State. Kent, Kent State, yeah, and Kent State ran their 3 3 5. So it's uh, not expecting it to give Georgia a little more trouble, but they obviously learned from their mistakes. But the you had the relief last year, the absolute dominance of you got to watch this year, and Remember last year, you had so many people that were saying, well, it's a generational defense. It can't be replicated. You'll, you'll never do this again. Yeah, Because last year, you got past all the 1980 jokes, remember? And here's the thing. Every time a Georgia fan was talking to a Tennessee fan, a Florida fan, an Auburn fan, South Carolina, didn't Georgia Tech, they'd throw 1980 in your face, 1980. No matter how – whatever you pointed to, how good your team was doing, how great your recruiting had been going, how – uh, what awards your players won? 1980. It's the lowest, laziest comeback, but it was effective. You win one, and everybody's like, well, okay, you get one every 40 years. Well, screw that, too. Now you want them back-to-back. Nobody can say crap about your program. You, and you played for three in six years. The, the Kirby was the, the uh, coach who uh, only knew how to recruit, you know, he was uh, once he got out from under Saban's influence, he wasn't going to be a good coach, you know. Uh, he was just going to crash and burn. You saw that first year, the struggles he had <laughs> going to get his butt kicked in Ole Miss. Uh, when's the last time he lost the East game? You know, this guy's just South Carolina, it. nineteen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you are part of a dynasty, and now you've gone from everybody was kind of pulling for you to finally get past Alabama to now everyone hates you because you're going to spend two years on top, maybe three, and it's going to be glorious. So what it means for the state, uh, we've not had that. We had it once with the Braves, haven't yeah. had it with the Falcons. You know, Georgia's this team. is uh, Georgia's team. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. This is Georgia's team. You know, even the uh, casual fans. You know, not the, the diehards who are with us, 500 people watching this. Uh, what, what's the local time back in Athens? 115. Yeah, yeah 500 people watching us. Yeah, these are the fans that uh, you expected. But just the casual fans are like, this is my team. There are kids watching this who are seven, eight, nine years old. They've watched Georgia win two titles. Yeah. They know that you can win titles at Georgia. One of them is probably going to, by the time he's 17, can run like a 4 2 9 catch everything in the air, you know. That kid's going to spend the next few years thinking about playing in Georgia. It just it's a, it just builds and builds and builds, you know. The pride, the uh, uh, mentality that uh, Georgia is a winner. And hell, it, it leads to other things. You know, that's going to bring in more money, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're competitive in other sports. Shout out to uh, Mike White and the basketball team. Tom Black in volleyball, you know. Just saying, it's uh, there's it, it, it grows. You know, you got Coach A, the, the women's basketball team. 
this is a uh, it's good for the program. It's good for the university. It's good for the state. And One of the I saw, uh, okay. uh, wait, sorry, uh, saw Josh Brooks. I'm like, you just got made uh, the athletic director. Now you got two two freaking titles. I'm good, aren't I? He didn't say that, but he was just <laughs> like, yeah. So he knows he's in a, like a great spot too. So. One of the reasons that any of us do this kind of work is just because like to see up close how hard it is to be excellent at something that's this difficult. And yeah. I actually thought during the pandemic when The Last Dance came out and Michael Jordan's, it was slanted in a lot of ways, but you just got to see the mentality that it takes to become a Michael Jordan and be the best at what you do. And Kirby Smart is a master motivator. And it's really funny to me that like on a night like tonight when like, some of the motivation techniques are going to come a little bit empty based on just the circumstances. Like he had to really go deep into his bag because they, they come up to him at halftime and like, uh, what do you tell your team? And he's like, well, <laughs> DC is a really good third quarter team. Yeah. And, uh, they, they've yeah. been doing that all year. And, uh, yeah. you know, we haven't had great third quarters. So, you know, you never was- know. Stay tuned. You yeah. know, he's, he's like, he's like previewing a soap opera on a Friday. He's like, please, a cliffhanger. Stay around for after yeah. the halftime show. Then they go up to him after the yeah. game and like, it's his massive win. And Georgia played all its yeah. backups for like a quarter. And he's just like, well, you know, it's times like this where complacency can creep into your program. And we're, we're we're seeing it a little bit. I'm just like, dude, it's okay. it's okay to live in the moment, but that's that's why he is who he is, and it's why I talk about things for a living and don't get paid nearly as much money. Um, like he, he's a master at that piece of it that you're always thinking about that next step because if you don't, someone else is. Well, here's the thing: he has said this every time I've heard him talk about it. It's hard to get here. It's hard to get back here. And you are a missed field goal away from not being here. Uh, you are a fourth quarter comeback against Missouri, maybe for not being here. Um, things, things can, it's a ball can go wrong, a ball can bounce the wrong way, and you're, it takes luck, but also you know, it takes a ton of preparation. He has, he said earlier in the week, it, there's this, the standard, you know, he mentioned that, you know, we would not be hunted. But I'm pretty sure after that 2017 game where they lost to Alabama, he said, we will be back. I need to go find that. It was something along those lines. And it took him a couple of years, but he's back. Um, but he said, you know, the preparation for the years, you know, you don't wait till the summer. You, it's the Tuesday after the national championship game. And literally last year, right after they won the first one, they were right back at it. And like you said, in six to eight weeks, you're already doing spring practice. You, the day after the championship, all, all those kids hit the portal. We pulled over on the side of the road to – break all the news of who all we thought were going. And we we killed it. We nailed almost every one of them that was going into the portal. So hopefully, you know, we'll get a heads up and can do that tomorrow. Let people know, who, you know, who's going where, or, you know, what, what we're hearing at least. Um, but he's going to be – he'll celebrate this. But I guarantee you – well, tomorrow he's got a uh, press conference, 9 o'clock uh, locals, uh, noon. There'll be a uh, the winner's press conference. So um, – uh, Someone told me parades likely Saturday. I don't know if that's for sure, for sure. But wasn't that what happened last time? So the, I think they lined. And again, what did they do last year? They lined up the parade with a recruiting weekend. Yep. So they brought in a ton of recruits and said, "This could be you." Some of those kids signed. It was them, you know. 
if it's Somebody Saturday, once rolling. again, it's going to be like frigid kind of cold, and Kirby can break out the parka and look like a president coming out <laughs> to give him a dress. At the State of the Union. So, I, so I can see it, but I'm saying it's uh, he's going to be working on this, and because he knows the point being, it's so hard to get to these games. You know, it's uh, it's not it's not always dominant like what we saw this year. So no, I, I, I to uh, kind of piggyback off that, Roddy, I, I think. Last year was so special because you finally beat the big brother, Alabama. Like, you, you showed that you could do it. Not only that, but you you got over that hump. 40-year drought. It's no longer there. Now, this year, it just shows that you belong. I mean, 65-7, to 7, this is <coughs> the biggest blowout in college football history, BCS football history. I mean, it's as lopsided as you can get in a championship game. Now – like Dane said, I, I think you're in. I think you're into a dynasty, and this train isn't stopping. That's what I've been saying all night. This train isn't stopping. It's it's just gaining more steam. Yeah, you have a different quarterback next year, and you never know how that's going to play out, right? We Ask think LSU. Carson, LSU had that season and didn't have anything to back it up with, right? But we think Carson Beck is is going to be good, you know. But we we don't know that he you know he could get out there and wet the bed. But we think he's going to be good. The defense we know is going to be good, and now you're rolling. You've got that momentum going, and I, I think that. You know, you had to get past Alabama. Once you got past Alabama, you kicked that little brother syndrome aside. And now people are saying, hey, is Georgia now taking over Alabama? It's it's getting to that point. Last year was like, oh, Georgia beat Alabama. So, but Alabama will be back. They weren't there this year. Georgia was. So, you know, in Alabama, for however long it's going to take, is going to still get the recognition it deserves. Even if it were to pull in a 50th recruiting class in the nation, it would still get respect just because Nick Saban's there. But I think the tide is changing. Uh, no pun intended there, actually. But I think it's changing, and, and I think it's for in Georgia's favor. I'm about to slide out, guys, but two quick things. One, shout out to ASW Distillery for sponsoring this POS and just being good dudes. And the Fiddler's great, and I need more of it because, look, I drank all my – Oh boy! Um, so, yeah, send me some more, man. Um, they're the still by dogs. We've talked about them all year long on this show, and thanks, Paul, for doing. <coughs> that. They're just good folks, and they're Georgia grads. And promise you, they're celebrating hard tonight. So go to their tap rooms around Atlanta or uh, wherever you buy your bourbon or vodka or gin. Just check out the stuff from ASW Distillery. The other thing, and I'll leave you with this: What's the spread for Georgia? UT Martin. Oh boy. I'm pretty good at these. Uh, let's go 32 and a half. <laughs> let's mark it down. We'll check next year. Yeah. 32 and a half. 42. 42. Yeah. I don't know. New quarterback. Who knows? But yeah, it's going to be nuts. Roddy, safe travels back. We'll see you when you're here. And uh, you're a great boss, dude. I'm not just saying that because you pay me money to come do things for your website. But um, I really appreciate you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. I will see oh. y'all later. You're you're leaving too, Roddy? Well, I'm I'm about to get out of here myself. So all right, well, go. well, well, all right. See you, Dane. You've been, you've been on a couple hours. There, so. Yeah, we have, we have. We're we're out of here. But Chuck Ward, I want to give Chuck Ward a shout out. Great coverage all week, guys. Thanks for what you do. Home game next January. He says, thank you for that, and thank you for everybody that st- stayed around with us for these last two hours. We appreciate you so much. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the game and got to enjoy with Coach Don and Dane. And enjoy all the content on UGASports.com. Uh, this post-game overreaction show brought to you by ASW Distillery, the Rogue Shop. 
make sure to check those guys out. And if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here. So uh, we appreciate the, the you so much. Can, the first person to send me congratulations was our buddies at the Rogue Shop. Nice. They're like, hey, congrats. I'm like, I, I didn't play, but I, I appreciate it. I'll pass it along to the Georgia fans. But uh, I'm telling you, uh, Richard at Rogue, he loves the Bulldogs, you know. He's a, he's a big fan. That's his second best favorite team. Uh, he was rooting for him. He always gets excited. He was excited about the uh, win over Ohio State. So uh, that guy just absolutely lives and breathes college football. So shout out to him. But guys, I appreciate all, right. all of you guys. All right, Roddy, take it out. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get us out of here. But I'll see you later. Guys, we appreciate you so much for jumping on with us uh, throughout the year on this POS. It would not be possible without all of you guys that watch. There's way too many of you guys to name, uh, so I can't even start to do that. Uh, what I can do, though, is say thank you so much for watching, listening to on the podcast. Uh, it's been a great year. It's tapped off with another uh, Georgia National Championship. And, guys, we'll be back at it uh, with the Sunday call-in show here soon. We'll, we'll have you know the call-in show for you guys on Sunday nights instead of the POS. But again, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you haven't already, click that subscribe button on uh, YouTube. Make sure you hit that like button. Like I always say, smash that like button. And uh, to everybody that watched, everybody that called in, we appreciate you so much. Hope you guys get some rest and uh, can make it to work tomorrow. We'll talk to you later on. See ya.